All right, we are live. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Welcome, everybody. As you can see, we are on day two, right? Summer Solstice 2022, calling all global ambassadors, right? We are live day two. This is the 22nd of the month. And we are live. We're coming to you from worldwide with our worldwide project. You can see a, our little meme we have up there. And I love the fact that that uh, uh, Jacqueline put the, that picture there with the globe in the palm of the hand because that's that that's the you know the tools are always given to you freely, and you always see that picture of the hand coming at you with something in it, either uh, the globe itself or there's a crystal ball or something else, or it's in space and it's, and there, and there's some spirals. And that's because that is the tools that you need to understand, to understand what's going on. And people don't realize that, but it's there and it gets into your head through osmosis. So I love that Jacqueline incorporated that with the world in the palm of the hand, because the truth is the world is in the palm of our hand because we are co-creators and we created this world, this earth, this solar system, this universe, this multiverse, this reality, and we are co-creating it every second of every day. And you can see I have Jacqueline on the screen right there. Where is it? Am I going the wrong way? Wrong way. There she is right over there. <laughs> right. Welcome, Jacqueline. Thank you for coming back on day two. She's indoors today. Yesterday, she had that event going with music and, and all kinds of stuff. How did that go? With It looked like you guys were getting ready to do maybe a drum circle or something, and you guys had rituals getting ready to go. How'd that all turn out? So no drum circles, but uh, sacred fire, barbecue, and all that good stuff. Well, that's good, right? Lots of connecting to Gaia, and even today I'm still buzzing. Right? I know, right? I'll bet. Did you sleep at all last night? Did I sleep? I went to bed at like midnight, and like even when I woke up today, like I'm still, like my energy frequency, like even looking at this, because my headset's right. kind of looking, and my eyes are like, glistening plus i was watching the new uh, movies the one you suggested and a few others so right. my brain like holy expansion <laughs> right holy expansion batman i know right yeah especially if you watch the you know the stuff we talked about yesterday because it's you know the the information is there right yeah. so and, and here, here's uh well welcome oh that's loud i have to be quiet because i'm i'm playing over her speakers now Right. <laughs> there's, there's, oh no, said hello. Welcome to everybody. Say hello to everybody. I wasn't sure if she was gonna come. She said she would, but you never know, right? People say, Oh yeah, <laughs> people you get, you get like half of them show up, right? So I wasn't sure. Hey gorgeous. Oh, I can't hear you. Your microphone's not loud enough, it's not working for some reason. No, it seems like it's too far away. No, no I, still can hear you. I can hear me really loud coming through your speakers, but I can't hear you talking at all. We can hear you in the ethers. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? Now, almost, but it's quite cool now. Trying to down the 
Yeah, I'm coming to you really loud. Somehow, your microphone is picking up the audio. <laughs> yeah, see, I can hear a Jacqueline as well coming through our reverb. Oh, yeah, I think for some reason it's not picking up the microphone on your headset, and it's, I don't know if there's a microphone attached to the headset. Um, but what it's doing is now I'm not hearing myself. So whatever you did, fix that. So I'm not hearing myself. Although I am a little bit right there. Still nothing. Yeah. Try unplugging that. Does it work if you have that unplugged or do you not have speakers? Say something now. Can you hear me? Yeah, still nothing. That's weird. I can hear the microphone. Can you hear it a little bit? I can't hear it at all. Yeah. Okay. See, it was just working the other day when I talked to her. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that just suck when that happens and it changes something? Yes. Wait, now can I can hear you. Hear you? Say something. Uh, something. <laughs> yes, I can hear you better. It's low, but I can, but I can hear you. Okay. Right, here comes Cassie too. Yes, I can Cassie, hear you. welcome. But I can hear you. Okay. Right, Cassie too. Yes, I can Cassie, hear you. welcome. Hello. But now you're for whatever reason you're getting your reverb now. So we're getting the Hello. thing going over and over. That's 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 from your speakers. <laughs> Not you, Cassie. Not you, Cassie. You're, I think you're okay. That's from your speakers. Not you, Cassie. Oh, you, I think you're okay. Okay. Let me see what. Hi, Denise. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Sean. Anjal. Hi, Sean. Oh, maybe it is you. Hold on, because I just, I got her Hi, muted. Okay, Cassie, it is you. When I mute your microphone, it stops. So your, your speakers are too high, and it's picking up what I say, and then it's reverbing. When I mute your microphone, it stops. Yeah, now there's no reverb that I can hear. But as soon as I turn your microphone on, the reverb's good. Yeah, now there's no reverb that I can hear. But as soon as I turn your microphone on, the reverb's good. I can still hear the reverb even yeah, when you muted my mic. You muted me, first, not me. I can still hear the reverb even when you muted my mic. You muted me, first, not me. Yeah, it's not me. <laughs> See, you're hearing the reverb because it's your speakers. When I mute your speaker, it's not happening for us. Reverb because it's your speakers. Try turning the sound down for your speakers a little bit. Can you do that? Turn your sound down on your speakers a little bit? That's usually, I have to do that sometimes because it'll make it, it'll hit the reverb. See, now there's no, re oh, you're muted still. So hold on. Let me unmute you. Oh, you muted yourself now, I think. Yeah, you muted your microphone. Now I can't unmute you. You have to unmute your microphone. Can you hear me? I can't unmute you. Okay, there you go. You have to unmute your microphone. Okay. Oh. Can you hear me? I can. I no yeah, reverb. I can still. I can hear it though. Okay. Oh. Can you hear me? I can. <laughs> No I can still hear it. So now, now, unfortunately, hopefully, uh, Hanal is listening and she realizes it wasn't her microphone after all. <laughs> we thought it was because we were having issues with her microphone, and it turned out that it was your microphone. 
Do you have a headset you can put on so you, so you, you don't hear the, the reverb? Sorry. So I muted her, and then she went to mute herself and unmuted herself. <laughs> All right, guys. So we'll get this hammered out, and we'll be we'll be right with you. So welcome to everybody that's out there. In the meantime, Kathy, hi, Denise, hi. I don't know who else is out there. Uh, everybody who's out there, say hello, and please share this out, share this out, share this out. Uh, and hopefully, somebody message. Uh, I'll have to message Hanal and tell her it wasn't her uh, microphone; that it was in fact Cassie's microphone. Um, and uh, we can get her back on here because now she's thinking she has issues and she doesn't have issues. I sent a message. Did you? Yep. Okay. Okay, is good. That, is that better? Way better. Uh, let me see. Hello, testing. One, two, testing. Yeah, now that's cool. It's gone. Nothing. I hear nothing. And I can hear you. So that's good. Okay, so that took care of that. Now we just got to get... Uh, Hunt all back. <laughs> we thought it was her. She was like burp and bounced. So we just messaged her and told her it wasn't her. It was it was your microphone, and we'll see what we can do. Oh, okay, I. It happens sometimes. Hear- Mine does that because I have speakers above over here, and every now and then uh, somebody will come through, and it'll be really loud, Something and I won't realize that it, the microphone's picking it up until somebody says, "Dude, we got to. We're hearing an echo from you, Leo." And I'm like, "What?" And I mute my microphone. Oh, it's me. And I have to turn my sound down. Uh, sometimes, and I've had it to where I did, I couldn't have those on at all. I had to put on a headset as well and use the headset to hear. I had to put a, an earbud in and have it plugged in and use that to hear with because the whatever reason, it just kept picking up on the microphone. It happens. It's just technology. Weird things happen. Okay. So welcome, everybody. Oh, and then she dropped. What happened to Cassie? <laughs> Everybody's dropping, man. They're dropping like flies, man. I don't know what's going on, man. We're in some pretty shit now, man. <laughs> Hopefully they'll come back, right? Was it something I said? Do I have boogers? Okay. I'll leave my glasses on in case I have to help somebody. Okay, so I sent a message. Right? One echoes, yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Definitely. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Cassie couldn't hear me, Denise said. <laughs> so she wasn't able to hear us. I thought she could hear us the whole time I'm talking, and she couldn't hear us, but she didn't go, I can't hear you. So we didn't know that she couldn't hear us. She had to give me some signs. I, if, if she's just sitting there going, yeah, and smiling, I think she can hear me, right? She has to go, no, I can't hear you. No, right? <laughs> That's hilarious right there. Okay, so hopefully uh, Cassie will figure that out and come back. Uh, see, this is why normally when we set something up and we know who's going to be coming on to speak, I do a, a test run prior to, you guys don't know this, but we do a dress rehearsal prior to to make sure that we get all these bugs out so we don't have this issue live. But in this event, we're allowing people just to pop in. And because of that, we're dealing with things live that we normally wouldn't have to worry about. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see her. She pointed at her ear and I didn't see that. See? Because I was looking at the camera while I was talking and not looking at her. Let's see if we can get her back. That's funny. Let me put her back in here. There she is. I didn't realize you pointed at your ear. I didn't see that because I was looking at the camera instead of looking at, at you over here. I'm like, why didn't she give me some sign that she couldn't hear me? And, and Denise's like, she did, dude. She pointed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> I, I can you can you guys hear me? Yes, can you hear me? I can. No reverb. Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, Yay. that's one. So hopefully, Hanal will yes. come back. She'll figure that out, too, and come back. So messaged her and said, it wasn't yours. Please come back. So we'll see what happens there. If she comes back, she comes back, right? 
So pardon me while I get the, I have all of a sudden my nose started running. So hopefully it's not blood, right? Do you get a bloody nose? Does somebody just like psychically attack me? Am I having a stroke? (laughs) (laughs) So that's like in the movie Dune with, with, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Vladimir Harkonnen. Uh, when, uh, when, uh, Duncan Idaho, uh, bit the poison gas and sprayed it into, into Piter's face, he died. And, and the, and the, the president, uh, Vladimir Harkonnen, he wasn't sure if he was alive or dead. So he was just sitting there thinking he was dead and thinking, is this me being dead? And somebody came in the room and he said, am I alive? Am I dead? He goes, no, you're alive, sire. And he's all, I'm alive? And then he's all, yeah. And then he was all, ha, 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 ha. He was all happy. He thought he died, right? And so that's me. Am I having a stroke? Do I not know? Is this, am I dying? Because <laughs> yeah, uh, we had uh, we lost three people like in, in like f- less than five minutes. So we're not going to be on here. It was just Jacqueline and I'm like, they're dropping like flies, man. Okay. So yesterday we, we kind of went down the road of, showing people what the nefariousness was doing that was kind of causing and keeping us from learning. Let me take these off again because I don't need them on unless I'm reading the, the chat. Um, and and uh, to keeping people down in vibration. So today I don't want to really spend much time on that. I want to spend more time today, being the second day, on on showing people and guiding people to ways, into ways of um uh of uplifting themselves instead of pointing out because we did that yesterday we were doing both but it was a lot of of that political agenda in the religion that is nefariousness and i don't want to cover that again today i want to be more positive and upbeat because we we did some of that yesterday but today i want to really give people techniques uh and uh take, you know uh, field questions from the chat and, and have other people come on but i want to have each of will go around and I want to have everybody, uh, uh, you know, uh, give some in some way information that would help people, things they can do in their normal life if they're still a low vibration and they're still trying to raise their vibration uh, and or and slash or for higher vibrations. Let's cover a range of of to do's for people that are just starting out intermediate and expert. Uh, and then even ascended masters, uh, because even I myself uh, am not, you know, there's always a, a somebody cleverer than yourself. There's always a bigger fish. If you look at where we are in the scheme of the universe, we're baby souls still. We're only in the third place, third run from the bottom. So there's more people in the in the, or entities in the universe that are at a higher vibration than all of us than there are not. Right. Mm. So, so, you know, you can't, I can't, none of us can say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm so much, you know, vibrated and I'm so, oh, compared to what, right? Compared to a rock, maybe <laughs> compared to a tree, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, compared to the, to the ultimate mind in the universe, baby soul. Right. <laughs> right. 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 So, so I want to go around, uh, I want to go around the room and let that happen and, and organically let that happen. And then we can feed off of each other. Right. Uh, and I will I will be more quiet than than not because it's not really about me talking in this show. It's really about all of us. So I'll try to keep it as as simple as I can for me. But I'm also have to produce right. So let's start with Jacqueline. Since wrong way to point again, let's start with Jacqueline. <laughs> yeah, you go which way? Uh, since this is Jacqueline's uh, endeavor, I'm just producing it for her. She put all this together, and I'm assisting her. 
uh, with this. So let's start with Jacqueline and you can, uh, can go and then we'll just go around. We'll go Cassie and then we'll go Hanal and then back to me and then, and then I'll start something new and we'll play like that. And then we can all field questions and pop them up for you guys on the screen. If someone says stuff, even if they're just making comments, cause you know how that is. Sometimes those are cool too. Most of the time they're cool. Right. So most of the time people uh, might say something that's cooler than a question that they pose, uh, but they don't know it. So I usually put up both something they said and their question. So we'll see how that goes. Right. So everybody share this out. Make sure you share this out because uh, I have not shared this out at all. I've been too busy producing. So I haven't had time. All right. So Jacqueline, as I point the wrong way again, Jacqueline over here. Right. Um, you go and, uh, you know, just give them something you like. Do you be you. All right. Thanks, friend. So, yeah, as soon as you said share, I'm like, oh, share. Yes. So right, I, know. I, noticed, I was like, now she's sharing and I'm picking her first. <laughs> right. I'm ready to That's share true. if you're not. Whatever. <laughs> so, I just want to say thank you to everyone for being here and yesterday and being a part. Because when we all come together and bring awareness or just the light to any situation, that is when the true world shift within us and all around us. And you can go right ahead, Cassie. I'm just here being in the moment, just sharing. And I just want to say I appreciate and have gratitude for everyone. So thank you. Uh, we surely appreciate you, Jacqueline. We really do. We all just thank the world of you. And so thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. Yeah, I just, I um, felt, uh, you know, to be, completely honest you know i've i've been kind of struggling uh recently um i the it's a week away from my brother who committed suicide it'll be his year anniversary uh next wednesday and a couple of weeks ago i uh, spread his ashes throughout montana and idaho where we grew up and where we lived as adults and in 10 different lakes and um you know, very beautiful, very emotional, shared time with my my parents and friends and family and, and his friends. And, um, you know, I just want to say that it's okay to not be okay. That, you know, I even had reservations and I told Jacqueline, I said, you know, I don't know how I'm going to be feeling. And then I, I thought about it and I said, you know, I know other people are in my same place. I know that I'm not going to be here forever you know, uh, as, as far as, you know, kind of having a little bit of a rough patch. Um, but what, you know, especially after my, my brother passed, you know, I had that feeling of not wanting to, to be around. And that's one of the things we wanted to bring awareness to with this was depression and alcoholism and suicide. And with my personal experience, uh, you know, the six months after my brother passed, was very, you know, you don't feel like you want to go on. Um, he was my only sibling and one of my best friends. And um, and we lived in the same town. Like he moved to where I, we moved him over here 15 years ago uh, to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And, and we just, we loved camping and fishing. He made everyone laugh. He was the life of the party. Um, but what I want to say about that, I mean, that's, I've had a lot of difficulties in my life with, um, you know, sexual abuse, uh, uh, different traumas, health issues for 20 years, medications and surgeries and, and different things that, that I've suffered with through depression. 
but it wasn't until I started finding my spiritual self a couple months before my brother passed. And I started doing things. And this is really what I want to share is that I started doing things that just small things, even if it was just having anxiety during the day of being able to breathe, of having that conscious breathing where you take the time to just maybe if it's even three breaths, but breathing in through that belly, breathing in through your nose and blowing up that belly and breathing out and just focusing on that, breathing out through your mouth and bringing that belly into your spine. So I started doing that. And then I started going out. It was the summertime and I started going out, continuing my meditation of sitting out in the grass, connecting with nature, which super, super important for depression, for self-care. Nature is the cure. It, it is a natural antidepressant. I, they have scientific facts on, on being able to, you know, plant your feet on that ground or your hands of grounding, of earthing, um, of getting that that natural energy from Mother Gaia. And, and two that I've learned, like, I felt like, oh, on my hard days that I didn't want to give Mother Gaia that energy. And I've since learned, no, be able to cry, be able to give her your energy because Mother Gaia and her magical ways transmutes that energy. You just don't want to stay there. You want to keep finding ways and everybody's different. Everybody will have different modes. But if you hear it from someone like me, who's been going through it or, or is going through it, you know, currently I'm doing okay. I'm not, I'm not way down. I I'm good. Um, but finding ways of, you know, sitting down and reading a book, um, doing things that you're passionate about, finding things that you love and that bring you joy and making it a priority of these things in your life. Um, eating better, that helps with depression. Um, you know, eating more natural foods that are that are from my mother Gaia that has that energy and um, has that unconditional love and those, those minerals and vitamins and all those things that our bodies need. Um, exercising, movement. Movement is a huge thing. It took me quite a while, but, um, you know, I just started going around the block and I did that and I just did it simple, just small baby steps, small, small baby steps, went a walk around the block. And like I said, I've had health issues. So like coming into this, I already had low energy and anxiety, even coming into my brother's, um, passing his suicide. So, um, you know, and then all of a sudden at Christmas, just doing like these little, these little things um, every day of balancing my chakras, connecting with Mother Gaia, being thankful, grateful. Thankfulness and gratefulness is a huge energy booster. You are giving your love out. You're saying thank you, Father, Mother, God, or whatever higher power that that you, you know, source divine energy. You're thanking that. You're thanking your angels. You're thanking your spirit guides. You're thanking your galactic team, your ancestors. Um, because they are around us. We are never alone. And that is something that I very much have learned. Um, I do want to say that being a family member of someone who has committed suicide, it is such a topic that is so taboo that even the closest people to you don't know what to say. They don't know how to react. Um, and you learn that that's okay. It doesn't mean that they don't care about you. 
but it's a very lonely road because people don't know what to say. They don't want to bring him up. And it's like, well, don't avoid the subject because I, he's, his energy is still here. Drew's my brother is still here. He's with me all the time. I, I hear from him. Um, that's, and after, like I said, after Christmas, after doing for six months, doing these things to just try to help myself, to try to lower that anxiety, to try to lift my vibrations and just kept doing that and struggling every day, but still doing it. And then all of a sudden, like in December, things just started blossoming. Uh, my vibrations just raised, my frequency raised. I had all these spiritual gifts that I have had, but really opened up and just blew up. And um, so the past five months have just been amazing. They've been amazing. And then, like I said, it kind of came down a little bit with a lot of the emotions, uh, you know, surrounding with uh, spreading the ashes and being around other people. But um, I want to say that there's hope and that you aren't you aren't alone and that every little thing that you do to help yourself is helping is helping humanity, is helping Mother Gaia. When you help yourself to get better, to feel better, to raise those vibrations, then you want to you you want to help others. You want to show others. You want to guide others um, to be able to do the same for themselves. And so, when you're doing these things, we we raise humanity's frequency, our, our energy. We raise our own. And we raise Mother Gaia's because she feels that. And, and like you guys were talking about yesterday, with this age of Aquarius, more and more people are opening up and, um, and becoming more conscious and starting to see what the real important things in life are. And, and so if you're having a hard time, you need to, it, internal, look internally. Stop looking for external things to make you happy know that you are the only one that can change yourself. Um, you know, being able to get help, whether that mean therapy, which um, I, I did therapy once a week, I already had a counselor and we joined a group called Survivors of Suicide Loss that we locally meet once a month. And, and that was very healing as well because those people really understood, really, really understood where you were coming from and you're, um, you know, someone who could just relate like, like no one else can, um, unless you've been through that. So that's really what I don't want to take up all the time just by myself, but that's what I wanted to share is, is the hope and that it's okay to not be okay, but there is a way out and there are, there are many options. There are many, um, you know, out of that depression, of being able to, to help yourself. And, and so those are, and there's my dog over here, one of my dogs, uh, <laughs> that brings me a lot of joy. That's Steve back there. Yep. He's a dog named Steve. Dog named uh, Steve. Yep. Yep. And he's a total Steve too. And of course, as his mother, I, I have to call him Steven every once in a while, you know, his proper name. Uh, <laughs> but, that is uh, hilarious right there. I don't care yeah. And then the other one, I have a golden retriever. Uh, she's 18 months old. And she also helped me a lot. She was only seven months old when my brother passed during that time. And so she really helped me out during that time, the, the love of animals and giving them love and, and seeing how much they appreciate it. So um, 
I know I kind of went on a little bit of a rant there, but I just, I, I really wanted to share you kind of my, ex fun. That's, my that experience. Is, I mean, truthfully, that's what we're here to do is share our experiences, uh, you know, in, in all ways, in all aspects. That's, that's the flavor of, or the, the exact thing that Jacqueline had envisioned uh, for Good. this sharing. So you didn't go crazy too long. I do that. I'm the only one that I have to <laughs> shut up and not go crazy too long. Uh, you know what? You did just fine. And, and people needed that information. And I didn't tell you before, but I still had uh, from before when we did the other show, uh, you know, with the suicide hotline, I uh, had that still a save because Jacqueline had me do that for when we did the show uh, three months ago. Yeah. And I still had it there. So as soon as you said that, I was like, pop. And I watched you look at it. And I was like, I didn't tell her I was going to do that. <laughs> oh, no. I saw it and I was like, boy, That's the producer. He knows exactly what. And I was going to send you a message beforehand. Right. But I like, I forgot that I had that. I didn't tell her I was going to do that. I hope she's okay with me popping that up. No, there. that's I saw perfect. The look at your face and I went, okay, good. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's perfect. And the one, the other thing that I do want to share is the same thing that I shared from Earth Day. But one of the gifts that my friend uh, friend had given me was they they bought um, trees. It's a program that buys trees that you can do in people's honor. You can do, you know, um, in your son's honor, you know, even if your child hasn't passed or something or, or your family. But that, it's giving that positive energy back to Mother Earth. Um, they plant them in, in areas that have been ravaged by like forest fires um, and that that type of thing. And so 10 trees were planted in a national forest as a memorial grove for my brother. And here's the information. You get it in there. Wait, hold on. I'll put you back up on the screen, full screen. Can you see there, it okay? See it. Yeah, right there. Hold it right there. Everybody can see that. You guys, uh, you guys take a look. At, it says, I don't have my glasses on. Hold on. I don't have my glasses on so I can read this right. It says, let's see, the, the website is www.trees, T-R-E-E-S-F as in Frank, O-R-A, C as in Charlie, H-A-N-G-E dot com slash products, products, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S slash A-D-D dash T-R-E-E-S. I read that out loud for the people who are listening on the MP3 uh, file also. Uh, wait a minute, put that back up there. The telephone number is 707, so it's an American uh, 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 telephone number, so it's 1-707-508. Can you lift that up just a tad? Lift it up. There you go, right there. 508-9262. So you guys can either call that number or uh, go back and rewind and write down that website that I just told you about. Those of you who can see the visuals, you can see all of that and don't need me telling you. Cool. Yeah, there's going to be people listening around the world on the MP3 file, and they're not going to be able to see that. So I always try to make sure I'm specific and tell people because I have. There's a couple of people who will actually text me and go, "Dude, you didn't give me the information. You were talking about it. You didn't, and you were showing it." I'm like, "Oh, I forgot, right?" So I've learned over the years to make sure that I give that information. There you go. There Even you go. Like, Why are you reading that, Jacqueline? Uh, of course, I'll put it up there in the chat for those of you who have the uh, access to the chat. It's up there in the chat. You can click that link. And it'll take you to uh, thank the website you. over there. So thank you thank so you, much, Cassie. Yes, thank you very absolutely. much. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let's let's move over to to uh, to Hanal and let her go because Jacqueline gave up her spot. She's gonna have to wait now until until after she's done. Then we'll throw Jacqueline back in. Mike's coming on, so we'll get Mike involved as well, and then I'll go last if I even do it all, and we'll and we'll go there. But I want somebody to cover um, Denise. If not, I will. Uh, Denise had brought up, was it Denise? Hold on. Yes, it was. Denise uh, brought up, and you don't have to, I don't know, just because I'm saying that, 
but she said she's talking about dreams and uh and she was asking she said i would love to learn let me put it back up on the screen you can cover this if you want you don't have to because i'll cover it if you don't um i want to learn how to deal with my vivid dreams at night if it's appropriate for the show well yes it of course it is so it's a great uh question uh and question. you know my native american shaman shaman training with dreamwalking would help her with that in some respects and i think you have the same knowledge that you could uh, uh maybe give her a little bit on that but you don't have to like I said, you can uh, if you have something else in mind that you were ready to discuss, go there because we have plenty of people between Jacqueline, me, Mike, Cassie, and you that we can cover that dream uh, program that she's talking about or the the whole vivid dream and and how to process that. Okay, so you go ahead and, and do what you want to do, <laughs> right? And I'll put you up on the screen full so people know who they're talking to. They can see you and you don't have to go. Which one of the boxes is speaking? <laughs> Um, so I just wanted to ask real quick, can you hear me? Well, my, the mic on my headphones actually stopped working. So I'm using the blue mic. Okay. You're fine. Perfect. As a matter of fact. Okay, great. Um, and so if you hear background noise, it's because it's, you know, external. So, um, so I will actually let you touch on the dream, uh, dream interpretation just because I did feel strongly to share something else. Um, that's, that's why I said that. Make sure if you feel strong enough to share something else, go that way. It's not that important because there's enough of us we can handle Denise. <laughs> okay, so great. Go. Um, uh, first of all, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. Uh, I am very grateful to be here. And also, um, this this topic is near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm actually a suicide survivor. Um, oh. It's okay. You're all right. Just okay. don't hit it again. <laughs> so I didn't. I don't think that was me. Actually, I think that was. Oh, that was somebody else banging. It. Yeah, I just Mike wanted to make sure everything's okay. I think Mike was miking up, right? Okay. Michelle was miking up and not the whole room. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so um, I actually am a suicide attempt survivor. Thankfully, I did not. Uh, I did not do that the right way. Um, but I've had a lot of experience with going through trauma and feeling alone, um, as well as generally not knowing how to even ask for help, um, especially in my younger years. I've had to learn a lot. Um, but the, the topic that's really near and dear to my heart today actually is that today marks one year uh, that my ex-partner uh, had actually committed suicide. So this is a pretty big day. Um, and I actually wore uh, a medicine bag in his honor um, because it had his initials on it. Um, but one of the things I would like to talk about in order for people who are feeling feeling so drawn to that way is I feel like the biggest aspect that I had to learn about feeling depressed and feeling feeling down and not being able to get out was really a loss of control over my own life as well as um, not knowing the origin. Um, this, this partner had struggled for a very long time to find the actual core issue of where this feeling was coming from. Um, and, and no matter how much he looked outside, he could never find it. Um, so I would say that, I would agree with Cassie on multiple levels. And again, I'm so sorry, Cassie, for your loss as well, um, because it is looking within that I find is the most important aspect 
uh, you find the power that you feel like you don't have when you look inside and see where you're actually holding yourself back from that. Um, and also it does create this feeling of alienation when you are trying to, to show your power externally. So expression is vitally important. Um, I feel like a lot of the, the people that I've come across and known who have been suicidal throughout the years, they all felt as if there was something that needed to be expressed that wasn't being expressed. Um, the issue lies, I believe, with where you don't know why something's needing to be expressed. So from the perspective of my training, um, it is a soul level thing that causes this disruption, this void that that becomes, you know, filled with with addiction or with unhealthy habits or with um, these thoughts of suicide. All that comes from this core issue. And so I just would say to find people who also want to find that core issue and and just bond together as hard as you can. It is becoming more readily available to find the support with different groups of people who agree. Um, but even if you cannot find that support, um, I always suggest uh, you calling this number down below the, the hotline um, just because you need to know that there's always someone there that's available um, that can actually listen to you. Um, and even if, you know, if you know anyone who would like to reach out to me even just to talk more about my personal situation, what I went through, um, as a means of relatability. Uh, sometimes it's just listening to somebody else's experience that can help us feel like we're not alone as well. Um, so, and the, the last part I wanted to share before I uh, steer back the, the reins is uh, what Cassie was saying as well, which is getting in touch with nature, um, especially in, in my practice, getting in touch with nature uh, it reminds you not only that you're not alone, but that you're connected with everything around you. Um, I know that there's a lot of focus in some spiritual communities with the um, with the ascension and the higher aspects. Um, but I feel like that tuning into nature and tuning into the ground and the earth and, and Mama Gaia is a way of reaching that level. Instead of looking for something beyond, you know that it's actually right here in front of you. It's tangible. You can reach out and touch it and feel it. And it feels you back. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's, that's good. That's exactly what I needed to say. That was organic. That was real. That was a good reaction. I just like, I <laughs> muted myself and I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was good. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, there's so much going on in the world in the last couple of years that's made things so much worse than they already were. Things were bad enough, right, uh, already. And, and people are, have been struggling. Uh, you know, it, it's, that's the real systemic problem that we have uh, around the world. It's not just in, in this country, but worldwide is, is that, you know, uh, the depression that people go through is so silent. And it's so unseen 
uh, by most in our society. I don't know if it's uh, if it's something we just don't notice. If it isn't something that we collectively ignore, I don't understand it, and I don't think we do as a society because there's it's so personal for each individual, and the individuals most of the time, you know, they hide. You know, they they show that on television. They hide behind a mask. You know, so sometimes we don't see it, and then it's just tragic when someone gets to the point where they think the only way out is to take their life and then they attempt it or they do it uh, you know what i mean and those who have ever attempted it and survive those are the kind of people that i that i really want to talk to uh, you know about that and get them on the air because they have firsthand experience i was there i was on the precipice of destroying my life uh, and didn't and you know then talk about how that changed or, or how much that does change and it's just horrible when someone takes their their own life I mean, that, that's like the ultimate, you know, thing that we shouldn't be doing. The one thing we shouldn't be doing is thinking that that's the only way out for us. And that's the only way to end well, it's, the pain. It's, it's difficult because the pain doesn't fucking end. Yeah. See, I've been there three or four different times. The only thing is that I'm too much of a fucking coward. Oops. I'm sorry. I hit the wrong button, Mike. I was no trying worries. to up. I was trying to go no full worries. screen, and I clicked too fast, and I put and it I, in the green room. Continue I went into the green room. Uh, what, what happens, things get overwhelming. Um, there was a lot of pressure on me on my youth, and I wasn't holding up to what Hollywood expects you to be, what your parents expect you to be, what your aunts and uncles expect you to be, what your friends expect you to be, and all those different um, all those different expectations weigh on you. And when you think you can't and, and everything ends up being negative and, and you said that the people don't see that because first of all, it's too painful. People don't want to see that inner pain, especially if they can't do anything about it. Um, people like to avoid things that are painful to them. And so they, they don't pay attention to it. And also people put on masks and it's easy to, to hide behind those masks. You know, you got that fake smile on. And yeah, it's all, how you doing? Yeah, it's all right. But inside, you're just crying out for help. Um, you have that getting back to nature thing, and, and you guys can see my forest back here, and that's just part of it. Um, there's a whole bunch over there, which most of you have already seen. So, yeah, getting in touch with nature was part of it. But it wasn't necessarily enough because I was also, you know, way uh, fucking down in the dumps less than a year ago um, because things didn't seem to to be panning out uh, everything that you do just turns to shit and you know yes it's got to do a lot with my personal mentality uh, the things that the way that I view things the way that I see and, and react to things you know how you see the universe is the way you react to it and most likely my reactions weren't very positive and they fed into that declining cycle and I didn't know how to fucking get out of it. I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, but one of the things that's helped me is, is seriously social interaction. Um, we have nature and it helps us bind and that's great for somebody that's living in the big city. Why? Because there's so much tumult and, and all the residents from all the different people. Um, your small apartment doesn't keep you away from the resonance of those that are beside you, above you, below you. You all have this interference pattern and that aura that uh, your soul is outside of your body. And so your body is a, a interference pattern of what your soul is. And so it goes way beyond 
some would even say six feet. So imagine above you, uh, part of your, your crown chakra is actually messing with somebody's root chakra. Uh, and so it's all this interference and you never feel at peace because it's not in the same tone. Uh, it's not, you know, a, a family or a community or where everybody gets each other and, and that sort of thing. Um, so in big cities, it's, it's a lot more chaotic and you can't get rid of the stress. Now, earthing, walking around barefoot on the grass or on the beach in the sand those things help get you in connection with the schumann residents get you connected with nature but sometimes we'll be doing that and we'll still feel alone why because we are social animals we have to feel a part of a community we, we have to be feel like part of a family and that's one of my biggest problems down here is that brazil with all its great things there's a certain resonance to it that just doesn't there are some differences that I can't get along with. They already went through a military government, and so everybody keeps their head down. I'm still on my American uh, attitude to where government serves me. Uh, I'm not going to serve the government, although that's not necessarily true for modern American mentality. I'm talking about 30 years ago where I was brought up, because nowadays we've got a bunch of people saying, well, the government tells you you need to do this, so you need to do this. No, sorry. No. Um, and so that connection with society, with people also helps keep. So it's whenever people get down into the depression, it's because all those things break down. If they can actually, you know, connect on one part and connect on another part and then connect on another one, then find your own purpose and find your fulfillment. You know, if you're connected and grounded with nature and you're connected to society and people are helping build you up and, you know, you're able to vent to people and you're able to have people vent to you and you're able to uplift people, um, mm -hmm. that makes you feel better. Um, but when you also have a personal purpose in life, when you know what your purpose is, you know, oh, I'm going to write the book. Why? Because, you know, you, you build a house, done that, uh, planted trees, done that, have kids, done that. Uh, the thing that I lack is writing a book uh, in the five things that supposedly you have to make your life complete and, and leave a, a permanent imprint on uh, society and, and on life. So we have to find that purpose, that raison d'etre. Why are you here? Because even if you're not grounded in, uh, uh, with nature and you're not integrated in society, if you have your purpose, at least, you know, there are, you know, physicists who work 16-hour days. There are business executives who work 16, 18-hour eight, eight, days, and they're okay with that because that's their purpose. And that's later on, they'll find out that there had to be more to life than that. And they'll be depressed later on, but that'll be depression. It won't be that suicidal level of it. Um, the level that I reached was because there was just no, there was no reason uh, for me to be here. The uh, majority of the stuff was already uh, done and, and taken care of, and I felt futile. Uh, and that is one of the worst uh, feelings that you can have because the, the reason people think that it's, it's better because, first of all, they think the pain will subside and will go away. No, you're just going to propagate the pain for how many other cycles uh, you're around for. And you're also going to cause pain on other people. Uh, like Allison mentioned, you know, her brother uh, committed suicide and, and that really had a very long lasting effect on her life. Um, she's still shaken by it. Um, so we don't realize what our loss is going to be to others until we're not here. And by that point, you know, it's pointless because you're already gone. So what we need to do is reach out to others. If you see that somebody's having problems, reach out to them. Just a helping hand, just a, 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 an ear that will listen without judging, without telling you what you got to do, but 
just listening and understanding, that already is leaps and bounds uh, ahead of what most people do. Because when, when somebody's way down deep in depression, just having somebody listening to them makes all the difference in the world. Have somebody understanding and comprehending and going, yeah, I get that. Now, um, after a while, you can get into, yeah, well, I would look at it this way because you, if you change perspective, you will change your outlook and that will change the way things uh, end up carrying out throughout your life. And so, yeah, but that would be a second or third step after just listening, giving them a hug and letting them know that there's people there that care for them. And there's people that will miss them if they're gone. And that makes somebody think twice before they take the pills or they pull the trigger or, you know, they, you know, tie something to a beam. You know, uh, it makes them think twice. Well, I'm not, uh, they're going to, if I feel bad, but yeah, I don't want to make other people, people don't commit suicide to make other people feel bad. They want it because they want to end the pain. They want to end the frustration and the dynamic that has created their, their depression. In many cases, it's also chemical. Uh, mine is chemical as well as social, as well as all the other things. And so I've tried to find ways of, you know, increasing so serotonin levels and increasing dopamine levels. And, and you know, hugs seem like a, something, that, oh, friends hug and, and all that kind of stuff. But that's a, a sharing of, of an energy and, and that's an uplifting. It actually stimulates dopamine. Um, it actually, you know, just going up and giving somebody a hug will automatically make them and you feel better. Um, unless you're, you're a perv and you start rubbing, you know, then people don't like hugs and, and it's, it's a whole nother a kiss on the cheek, but that's not the same fucking thing. Um, hugs, you, you actually, you combine the resonance of the people and heart the studies have found that heartbeats have a tendency to sort of equal each other whenever you're you're hugging and 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 that sort of thing why because you're that's a way that you can breathing patterns will start to even out you'll find a way to get them to where you're at okay um if you're okay and you're calm and they're all aggravated and uh, irritated and their their heartbeat is just racing and, and they're lost in their thoughts, simply giving them a hug and not telling them to calm down or anything else, just breathe. Just tell them to breathe. It's not something that's insulting. It's not something that's commanding. It's not something that just hug them and say, breathe. And that is something that will calm the instant and they'll know that there's somebody there and so next time when they're feeling bad well if you hug somebody they might actually come to you and go look can I vent about this problem and you got to be ready to say yeah lay it on me because um, listening to people and being part of their lives and most people don't pay attention because they're so busy with their own lives they don't pay attention to anybody else's. Um, they've got their own problems and their own dilemmas. And, oh, God, I don't want to listen to that guy's problems. He's always got fucking problems. Oh, God, no, just, hi, bud, see ya. You know, have a good day. You know, hope things look up for you. But, holy shit, he's always, you know, just a black hole and, and all this. Because whenever we're down there, yeah, everything becomes a black hole. Because we see things, everything in a negative light. Because that's where our soul, that's where our karma, that's where our energy is focused on. You know, it's like we were talking about yesterday. Which wolf do you feed? Do you feed the negative wolf or do you feed the positive wolf? You know, the, right. the hating wolf or, or, you know, the loving wolf. You know, the, the evil wolf or the good wolf. And it's, it's which one you feed. 
And so whenever we're in depression, we get into those spirals and we feed and we feed and we feed that fear dog, that depression dog, that hate dog, that anger dog, all the negative shit. We just keep feeding into it because our the energy of the things that we do and the things that we say and the things that we think about are energy into the cosmos, into the spiritual. And we're feeding that evil demonic animal that consumes us in the end because in the end it's that same fucking dog that same wolf that's telling you look you're not worth you're worthless you're not worth it so you know what just go ahead and end it because nobody gives a shit nobody's going to miss you and you're not doing anything here anyway so just go ahead and that voice gets stronger because you fed it right now if you, you know, start feeding the positive in the movie uh they live which uh, which rowdy piper was in and he said he thought they were making a documentary and i i strongly recommend people go and watch that uh where this guy in the store they were showing as piper came in and he had the sunglasses on so he could see who were aliens and who were not and there was one guy who was an alien and he was talking to a human who they were both uh, executives working uh, at some, uh, you know, some uh, place in an office building and they're wearing suits and ties and the and the human said it was depressed. And they actually addressed that where the human said to him, you know, man, my life has just been, uh, you know, like this and I'm so depressed. And I and I, you know, sometimes I feel like killing myself. And the alien looked at him and said, you know, what? why don't you do that? You need to just go and kill yourself because the aliens didn't care about the humans. And they were being, and the guy was very nefarious. And he saw that the guy needed help, but instead of helping him because he was an alien and basically they were treating the humans like slaves uh, in that movie, he was like, you need to go and kill yourself. And that was what tipped what got Rowdy Piper pissed off to make a difference when he saw that alien treat that guy the way he did. Then he, that something clicked in him and he went, I need to do something about what I can see. So I, I thought it was cool that they added that little bit into the movie because people most people just passed on by that and and were just at that point too in awe of the fact that he had these ray-bans on that allowed him to then see uh the aliens you know it was akin to uh, in uh buckaroo bonsai where they had the little breathing apparatus so they couldn't breathe in the chemical that made them uh look like humans right so uh, that was addressed kind of uh but in a backhanded way uh, and, and anyone who was really paying attention, I think at that, because I did, you know, and a lot of people like me did, to where we thought to ourselves, maybe we should be a little bit more observant as to what's going on. And I told the story, I think I told that last week on my show, about a friend of mine uh, who I hadn't talked to and I lost contact. I think I've told you this story before. I've told it on air. Uh, and I'm not going to say his name because I wasn't, uh, you know, I haven't asked his permission. He's still alive. But um, his name came up a couple of different times. Uh, and I hadn't talked to him for, I don't know, a couple of years. And I thought maybe I need, you know what, I need to go find him because I, I used that, took that as the universe keeps bringing his name up. So I need to go and find him. So I went and looked for him and couldn't find him. And eventually I went to where I knew his wife worked. She didn't drive. So I showed up about the time I knew he would be picking her up from work. And there he was parked in the parking lot. So I walked up and said, hey. And then uh, we talked and, and he was all excited. And he said, come over. What are you doing right now? I said, I'm off. I'm on vacation. And so I went to their back to their house. We had dinner. We hung out. And then we started hanging out every Friday night after that. We did that for probably three or four or five years or more uh, every single Friday night. So after about, I guess about a month, uh, he took me aside and he said, I'm, I'm, I want you to know something. I'm very glad that you came and found me. And I said, well, thank you. And he said, no, you don't understand. The night before I put a gun in my mouth, 
I took my 45 and I put it in my mouth and I almost committed suicide. And I had made plans that day. When I went home, while my wife was cooking dinner, I was going to go and put the gun in my mouth and shoot myself and commit suicide. And I didn't because you came and found me and then came back with us and you made it so fun and we're laughing and joking and you gave me a reason to stay alive and stay here. And I didn't know any of that, but I knew the universe was saying to me, you need to find this guy because it kept coming up separate people that didn't know each other who knew me and him said, Hey, have you heard from him lately? And I'm like, that's not a coincidence. I better, I better go find him not knowing anything. And I just did it on faith. And then about a month later, he tells me he was going to kill himself. And I gave him a reason to stay here and not, and he's still here to this day. I don't know if and it was, if it was that only that moment or if he's since then got to that place again and stopped, but I know that he hasn't. And he's still here. So the point of that is little teeny things that sometimes we don't even know can make a difference in someone's life that could keep them from committing suicide. And we need to be aware of the signs when they're there. We need to be diligent with that and be aware of those signs and look for them because they cry out for help before they do it. They always are trying to tell you. And sometimes we don't catch things like, you know, last week when I was talking to, to Hanala, and she was, she, we were ready to get off the air and, and, and she was trying to give me the high sign and I was just too busy blah, 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 and not paying attention until after we get off air. And I said, man, if you need to cut me off or get me off air, tell me, Hey, I gotta go. Those of you who know me, you know, you gotta, you gotta, sometimes you gotta go, Leo, I really have to go now. Right. So, right. So. Uh, we got Wendy uh, coming back. She was here earlier and she did just that. She had to go just before the show. And Wendy said, hold on, guys. I'm sorry. I have to go because I have something I have to do. I'll try to get back before the show's over. And she's back now. Right. So she she knows, like, get be in Leo's face because sometimes he did, he misses shit. <laughs> he shouldn't be missing. Let's pull Wendy back in. There's Wendy. She's back with us. Thank you, Wendy. So I, I didn't I didn't ask her permission to tell that story, but it played in perfectly with my analogy of me not paying attention when I should have been paying attention. Uh, again, when when uh, Cassie pointed to her ear, I'm looking at the camera because I trained myself to do that. And I didn't see her doing that because I'm not looking at the monitor. And she was like, I can't hear you. And I had no idea until someone in the chat said it. <laughs> right. So, okay. So let's go to Jacqueline now because she gave up her spot because Wendy's now back. And then we'll go to, to Wendy. And, uh, and Wendy, just so you know, uh, what we talked about, I think we talked about that before we went on air, where today I want to talk about uh, things and, and maybe techniques and ways of uh, uh, of helping people uplift themselves. We've been talking uh, kind of about, uh, you know, anti-suicide. You can see the number on, on the screen because because uh, Cassie and Hanal both have personal experiences with, with uh, people in their lives who, uh, oddly enough, uh, today and tomorrow are the one-year anniversary of both of those people um, taking their own life. So that came up, and they told that story and shared that story with everybody. And then Mike uh, furthered that with 
his story of him himself nearly uh, uh, committing suicide a few times in his life. Now, we don't have to go down that road, like I said, when we get to you, um, uh, unless that's what you feel that you need to do. But like I said, Jacqueline gave up her slot. So if she's ready, uh, let's let's see if Jacqueline wants to talk about something. And if not, uh, then we'll go to, to Wendy. And Wendy can do that. But Jacqueline, uh, you're up if you have something you want to uh, share with us or cover uh, as far as, you know, today and, the, and what today is about and what we're here for. Great. Yes, absolutely. So I'll be brief, which is not <laughs> usually I go so complex. But really, right. when this was part of my heart six months ago, it was we really got to unplug from this digital world and get really plugged into the natural design of who we are. And what's the most important thing is to talk about things that no one wants to talk about, right? A lot of people are kind of governing their ways of just living who they are and what they know. Yet they are so much more than that. We are infinite beings co-creating in this physical reality of Earth and this world. And yet, if you're tapped into the multidimensionality, it, it's not only this one, it's the magnitude of worlds. And I've experienced so many things that everyone's explaining and the longest time I, I thought I had to do it alone or I didn't understand it or why did it happen to me. And I had so much tears of gratitude for sharing your stories because together that's that's how we're going to make this difference is each of us honoring and loving each other exactly where we're at. So if anyone out there is struggling during this video or the replay, you never have to do it alone. You can call forth any of us and we will be there. And the thing that's always got me through is, even though I was struggling and trying to get help or understanding, and I kept going to so many different places, it was when I finally found those, that, that group of beings, the family of light, and that's why I've always wanted the hand of light to always be there, because it was there for me when I was in the thick of it. And there's times too that I wonder what's truly here for each and every single one of us. And that is not a life governed in fear or in ignorance because so many of us have lived this sort of life that we have to do it alone or any of that stuff. There was many a times I came back and I was like, oh, I didn't want to, <laughs> right? And I woke up again and again and again and again. It was many different times and many different things that I wanted to exit out much earlier than, than was anticipated. And every time I came back, every single time, and there was many a times where I was a chemist with my own body because I was too busy experimenting with things that were um, not quite positive, I guess you could say. But at that time, I, I, that's the only thing I knew was to drown out this terror, pain, and misery because I just didn't know how to love oneself and it was everyone like you loving me until I could love myself and now I sit and in wonder in the imagination of truly if we had a whole civilization and advancements that loved oneself enough to know that the love within them permeates and penetrates every field or beingness we come into contact with and as each of us discover who we are and what truly our purpose is and our mission or quest or whatever that is, 
you will then be able to not only light up your waves and your conscious connection with all that you are, you'll be able to assist others effortlessly because you have worlds coursing through your beingness and you are worthy, most definitely. And that for a long time, I questioned because I didn't know anything different. And I'm so grateful to have the family of light and my family to always be there with me and support me through anything and everything and because of every single one of you that showed up shared your story or even just a part of it that is how we can really make that difference and be this change in this world because none of us have to do this alone we're all doing it together so thank you thank you for showing up i can keep going on and on and on but this energy is like holy smoking smokeness <laughs> Smoke and smoke this Batman. I'm in Canada and it's like, wow. I feel like I'm in Florida, eh, Mama Grace? Uh, so I guess Bex is trying to come in. She can't come in either. So let me guide her and help her get in here too. Right. So. Okay, so then what we'll do is is uh we'll jump over to Wendy because she came back. Rock on. <laughs> right. So uh, you know, Wendy, uh, share something, uh, you know, whatever. Before, you, whatever before we do that, I just wanted to mention uh, Denise's. Yeah, we do that. She drank her problems away for a long time, and we have a tendency to do that. We we hide behind different things, uh, between alcohol, between pot, between you know cocaine, and and all the different things uh, that people consume to try and feel better because they don't feel better where they're at, right. uh, and that's something we have to be careful of. Because yeah, I did. I smoked cigarettes and and smoked pot because they made me feel better, and I was running away from those problems. The problem is that the body isn't made for that and that's why i'm dealing with emphysema now that's why you know i i have problems with uh antidepressants and everything else because the chemical load in my brain has already been taken over you know i, I have a high uh tolerance level because i've already you know inundated it with so many other different things and so we need to find those problems before we end up reaching out to the alcohol and the drugs and everything else and, and the sex and, and the uh, perversion and, and the destruction of other people because those are also things that fuel i mean some people are extremely destructive to others because they feel that makes them feel better for some reason uh, so we need to get into right. those deeper uh a deeper understanding of where it's coming from why do you feel that way and how can you actually and the only way that you're actually going to feel better, we're placed here for that reason, is to interact with other people, to help other people. We're in this reality to help others. We need to be in service to others. Whenever right. we're consumed by depression and anything else, we are in service to self because we're, we're only trying to survive. And so we haven't really found that place that will truly give us that deeper joy. And helping somebody else get better actually does bring you joy and makes you feel better. So just helping um, people in general gives you yeah. gives you a good feeling. It's a reward. The endorphins, just like as if you were to go out and run a marathon. If you're a marathon runner, you know anything that you do rewards you, unless of course that's not what you're about, and you and then of course you don't get the energy that you wanted because if you're in service to self, uh, you know self-serving is the only way you get that same uh, feeling. So if you're not you won't do that you won't tend to do that right okay so let's move on to wendy and see what wendy has uh, uh, in store uh and like i said you don't have to follow uh, our lead we're we're uh we're, what we're about is is trying to uplift and show people ways of uplifting their uh their energy and the energy of uh, mother gaia and everybody the all or just themselves 
uh, and and uh, let's touch on all bases. Like I said, yesterday we kind of did the political, this is what they're doing to you, and today I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on what we can do as individuals and as a whole uh, to uplift uh, like we're doing here. This is one thing, one example that we're doing today on the solstice, but you guys that are out there, uh, you guys aren't, you know, maybe not have the platform and not do that, but I don't need to give you, Wendy, any kind of uh, clues because you know what you're wanting to talk about because you already had that come to you before we talked about that. So I'm, I'm going to put you up full screen, uh, put you on the spotlight. Ready? Go. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> For the second time around. Right. Um, my name is Wendy. I'm known as Lady Grace on Facebook, and I've been with the family for a very long time. Um, I work with a higher frame of consciousness, but I also have a very real and raw life. And exactly as you were saying, how you sit there and uplift things and, and is by what you're doing right now. Um, I wanted to state something that uh, the gentleman was saying, we need to get this nipped in the bud before we get to this part of where we're drinking and smoking and everything else. And there's going to be people going to feel, well, shit, I'm already there. I want you to feel comfortable and understanding you're there for a reason. You're there for a purpose. You're there to go through the experience, understand it, and to assist somebody else. When you start understanding that you got a situation going on and you can really analyze it and feel it and get into the grid of that, you can really reach out to somebody else because nobody wants to talk to somebody that doesn't have a clue. If you haven't had your fingers in the garden, don't tell me how to garden. So that's basically a one good way to help because communication is a very big, big thing in the, in the human world. We don't communicate. And far as suicide, as I was speaking to him earlier before I had to leave, I am a daughter of a suicide victim from um, serial killer um, situation. So I know how that feels. And I'm going to state this. I'm the positive outcome of that situation. My father committed suicide by the gun to the brain. He was considered a vegetable. We had to pull the plug and let him go. I was about the age of 13, 14. I don't want to get into the statistics of it because it's still very tender. My family is still very much active and I want to you know, protect their privacy. But I'm going to tell you this. When that happened, I went into a higher state of awareness. I was already pretty much awakened or awake as a child, it went into automatic mode where I had to be there for my mom or whatever the situation was at the time. I didn't go into a grieving stage. But as I got older and I realized and watched life change, everything had a purpose, including his exit out in the way it happened. My stepfather walked into my life. I had a whole different life that came to me. It was a complete blessing. It was a big difference between my father and my stepfather it was a blessing to my mother, um, I wouldn't have met my husband. I wouldn't have had my two beautiful children. I wouldn't be here in Florida. I wouldn't be talking to the good folks on Facebook. I wouldn't be who you call Lady Grace right now. So for those of you that are, are still struggling with people that you had lost, okay? Not in the process, but the people that you had lost. And you're like, why has this happened? Sometimes we gotta step back and look at the bigger picture and what good came from it. Who did you meet? How did you touch somebody's heart? what came from it that was a positive thing. We need to focus more on the positive and less on the negative. And that's going to help you elevate your, your heart, your consciousness, your communication to somebody else. Um, my daughter is off and on suicidal all the time. She's 18. You know, 
this is the big thing nowadays. It seems like it, around the teenagers, this is a popular thing. Let's go get vapored. Let's go get vapor. I'll meet you in the lunchroom. And as a mother, that irritates me because I don't think they understand really what that means. It, it's like a fad and it's not. It's serious. And as a mother watching it, all I can do is be there for her and hold space and love her through the process and try to show her a little bit of the, rea the reality of it. And I told her just the other day, you know, it's not a fun thing. It's not like you go into the high school cafeteria and we're all just going to get together and have a chat. I mean, this is going to be something. This is a mental disorder. And what I do with her is I take her fishing. I get her mind off of things. We, we watch movies. You know, if she's in a breakdown, I bring her into my bed. I bring her into my arms. I bring her into my energy. I'm a high um, vortex being. And I, I soothe her. Um, what I do with the family of light, many people come to me when they're around the break and they're upset or whatever. I like Jacqueline, her and I had many conversations on many a night. She came in complete tears, mama grace. I don't know what to do. And you just listen, listen and love them. You can't really give any advice because they're not going to be receiving advice. They're not in the mental state of that, but listen, let them talk through it. Sometimes somebody just needs someone to talk to, to vent. And it's even beyond, oh, you know, we can move you over out to consciousness and we can bring your higher consciousness in and we can do all that. But 90% but of the, the human beings, they just need love. They just need somebody to listen to them, to understand and be there. And then once that conversation's out and they feel relaxed, then if you want to bring in a higher consciousness or then if you want to, to work into a different conversation or, or that's when you're going to find where the root is. People need to communicate through the heart. People want to be vent. People want to be heard so that's how you do it that's exactly how you do it is coming through the heart that's what i do all the time this is what i do on an everyday basis i'm always on call day in day out three o'clock in the morning one o'clock in the morning five o'clock in the morning two o'clock in the afternoon this phone rings i pick up immediately and make sure that everything is okay um humanity is going to go through a big shift we're in the process of it now there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be looking, reaching out, looking for somebody to listen. They'll listen to them. And we need to be there. All hands on deck, period. Yeah. You're going to have, they're like, oh, we're going to have crisis. And I mean, we're having crisis all the time. You know, one day somebody's getting hit by a bus. There's another tsunami over here. There's a tornado over there. So it all depends on where your mind state is and where exactly you're at. There's a crisis everywhere. My question is, are you going to be there for somebody, you know, be there for somebody? And the biggest thing I have with the spiritual community is I found out a lot of the spiritual community when complete ego service to self. They're only helping somebody else to benefit their own ego. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm the higher conscious being. I'm out here touching somebody. And that's a big no, no. That is a big no, no. Yep, we great. need to sit there and be sincere, be authentic. If we're going to consider ourselves the family of grace or call ourselves grace or call ourselves higher consciousness or call ourselves the spiritual community, you know, this is not a popular thing. It is something very serious to take on if you're going to consider yourself right. that. I've yeah, been watching Aaron Fowler for years and he's been a wonderful guy that I've watched for years. That's been very motivational and he's very serious. And when he does his job, it's right there. And he's another one that's a very big leader of the spiritual community. Israel Santana yeah. Kelly. Todd, um, I can throw out names left and right. These are the people you need to look towards when your life looks messed up, when you're looking for advice and you're just not ready to get a 50 cent card reading, yeah. you know?
Well, and if you're doing this kind of work, you're not you're not doing it to be popular. Let's be serious, right? You're not going to have a billion likes and a billion views doing this. You would kind think of work. not. Yeah, you would think right? not, but I know plenty of people out there that are doing it just to sit there and get their ego. No, I and agree. I, it's, it's unfortunate. Bad. It is unfortunate there, and those people are usually found out. You know, it's ironic that you had said that. Uh, I literally, prior to going on the air. Um, I was literally having a conversation with a friend who was venting on me about uh, about something. And uh, this person said, you know what? I know this is none of like your concern. I don't know why I just said this. I'm like, everybody needs someone to listen to them when they need to vent. It's okay that you came to me. Yeah, they were guided to you because they yeah. knew your, their guides would know that you can handle the, the weight. You know, yeah. that is taken. That's why a lot of people come to me. I said, if you got a vent, come to me. I can hold it. I got yeah. these shoulders. I'm strong. That's what I'm here for. Right. Right. And vice versa. Yeah. I got my you people. That are, that you can don't see me. it. But, but, you know, I, I got the I got the globe on my back and, and, you know, they made a statue after us and all. And that's what that meant. It wasn't just that guy. It was all of us who were holding up the earth. Yeah. <laughs> we got Mother Gaia on our backs. We're all capable of doing this job. We volunteered to do this job because we can take it. Like we came here for it. we came here for a reason, and everything's. I mean, there's this old phrase: God isn't going to give you something that you can't handle. Why? Because He gives you the things that you actually came here to do. Yep. Uh, you asked for what's going on with your life and what's going on with those around you to give you the strength to be able to help others that go through the same situation. It's all a learning process. And, and after all, it, it's all something that, that we chose to come down here and do. It's, it's, yep. it's our, our reason for being here. Um, the reason for being here isn't being, you know, the biggest billionaire or the first trillionaire. No, those are just um, right. byproducts. The reason you're here is to invent something that will change humanity, uh, do something that will allow people to find a deeper uh, meaning in themselves, to reach out and be able to to you know, just help as many people as possible. Now, I don't know how many people I, I've helped or not because I'm, to be honest with you, I'm a self-serving egotistical little freak so i really don't pay attention much to other people um, but I, I try not to do any harm whenever i'm there and when people talk to me i try and be kind uh, i don't pay attention whether or not i help them or not but i always try and be helpful and then everything else and uh like denise will will attest simply by being there and being kind when nobody else is um it's helpful and I've helped a lot of people that I didn't even know I helped. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll do some some shows and people come out of the woodwork. And I'm like, wow, really? Uh, I didn't even think that I had that kind of an impact. And that's one of the reasons why I was so down in the dumps, because I never realized, you know, what kind of an impact I could actually have on people's lives. Well, um, that's why, you know, we're living, all of us that do this kind of work, we're living the movie, The Old Guard, in that sense. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. They're making a second one that just came out a couple of years ago with uh, Charlie Theron, or Theron, however you say her last name. Uh, and uh, the the movie was these this group of people were immortal, and throughout time they were assisting and helping people that needed help for some reason. And they've been doing it for thousands of years, and they were tired. 
they were they were all like i don't even know if we're making a difference we've been fighting all of this nefariousness this evil for thousands of years and look at the world it's just as bad as and maybe even in the worst shape that it was in and they were and they didn't see anything that they had done that made a difference and this fbi agent who was on to investigating them started piecing together that they've been alive for thousands of years so he was tracking them through time going backwards through time going wow they've been around for a couple thousand years already and who knows how far back beyond that then he meets up with them and he's and he's not trying to turn them into the government he wants to meet them because they're immortal and then he finds out that Charlie Theron is like, we're done. This, we're not making a difference. And they're all depressed and ready to quit. And he says, what are you doing? He says, do you know what difference you've made on this planet? And they're like, what? No. And he's like, come here. Let me show you. I have tracked you guys back a couple of thousand years and everything you've done. Let me show you what the people that you helped went on to do. Because well, that's one of my of favorite, my one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's a wonderful life simply because it proves that point he was broke he was the worst little little bank uh he wasn't making an impact he couldn't to yeah. do the vacation that he wanted he couldn't the get the house he sold his deposit so now he has no money at all he's going exactly and, you know his 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 uncle ended up losing the money because he was a dipshit and all that kind of stuff and so you know, yeah and so life is at the end and you know that little angel oh if every time a bell rings an angel gets his wing that's bullshit angels already have their fucking wings but anyway uh it's it's fucking hollywood still um, more money right yeah exactly hey now we got bells on top of christmas trees and so that's uh that's a market yeah, now people ring the bell right i just hope an angel get their wings but hey at least but, they're trying right that's but the, yeah but the fact the fact that they showed what reality would be without him you know, being that, you know, full of the brothels and bars and the destruction and the violence and, and everything else that was inherent in that society. All the people that he helped by allowing them to finance their homes where nobody else would because they couldn't, they didn't give a crap about the individual having a better life. They just wanted right. their own moolah. And so yeah. being able to see that, but see, we can only do that after we're gone. It's really hard to actually see the effect we have on others while we're still here. Right. Um, that's why you're humble and you do it anyways. You're supposed to do yep. it regardless if exactly. you see it or not. Thank and you, you're making Andy. an impact energetically. Like you were saying, you know, I don't know if I'm helping somebody or not, but I'm going to tell you, I was feeling you and I could see you just in the presence of somebody. It don't matter what's coming out. You're helping them energetically and that's way past the mind or anything. You can, so that's very important. Just your yep. presence there is all that could really matter. Yeah, I, I have to jump in to say that you know, dealing with health issues for 20 years. I, I, I was that girl that I, I was into sports and I was a singer and I, I got good grades and, and I was very, and, and kind of like you were talking, Mike, a lot of pressure, a lot of family pressure as the oldest, you know, my brother and I, and um, my parents got it for us. I had to take care of my mom. And, um, and so grew up, uh, you know, but I, I, I wanted to say that, um, Oh gosh, now I lost my train of thought. I did want to talk about um, that about giving back to to other. Oh, I know. Just talking that right because back. I just of, banged my hand on my on my desk and I cut my hand, so I'm gonna go take care of my hand. You guys keep talking. All right. All right. Okay. I'll be right back. All of a sudden, I'm like, why is my hand? I feel like something's wet. I look down, I'm bleeding. I'm like, okay, gotta go put a bandaid on my on my hand. I'll be right back. You guys continue. Okay. Go get a bandaid, Leo. 
thanks for letting us know. Go ahead, Cassie, you retain. Yeah, so I was saying that, um, you know, I felt like I didn't have for those years of having the extreme health issues and surgeries and medications and feeling like because I didn't have a career, uh, my husband and I can't have children. And, you know, that was our, our one thing that we wanted. Um, you know, going through those things that I thought that I wasn't, but I was always there for my friends. I, I've always been a loyal friend. I've always been a good listener. And, and I would talk to different friends like every single day and, and kind of help them with their issues. And I, and I always, my self-worth was wrapped up into what society had told me of you need this profession, you need to have this family, you need to have this money, you need to have this and that. And I was like, yeah, you have all life. those expectations of society, you know, the, right. the two and a half kids, the dog and the white picket fucking right. fence, and then we all need yeah. it, right? right? Right, right. And I'm going... I, I don't have any of that and I'm just sick. And like, what am I? And I had always been from a child. My, my parents had said, you know, she's going to be a doctor or a nurse or something. Cause she is so, she's always caring and looking after people and, and, you know, and doing those things. And, you know, so I became a CNA in high school. I worked at the nursing home. I volunteered at the nursing home. I, I worked with, with children. And so, so then again, being sick, I couldn't help anyone else. I, or at least I, at least that's what I thought. I wasn't being a medical assistant at the OBGYN and helping, you know, to bring babies into this world. I wasn't doing those things anymore. And then I, I, when I started to change my thought pattern and started looking at, well, wait a minute, I'm a great daughter. I'm always there for my mom and my dad. I'm a great big sister. I'm always there for my brother. I'm a great friend. Like but who's these there people, for you? Yeah. And I have an amazing husband and, and I have had to, because I've had some toxic relationships where I've had to be like, whoa, I'm giving too much. And I'm, you know, there's, it's not even giving too much. You can never give too much. I don't want to say that, um, that getting kind of negative or, or not being there for me. Um, like you were saying, I had to learn to be able to be there for myself and say, it's okay. But like you, what you were talking about, Mike, earlier is having that that group, and especially now that my brother is gone and my parents live in Montana, I don't feel like I have that that family as much. And so, being able to find people in the spiritual community has been such a blessing. But I, you know, the whole reason that I brought all that up was to be able to say that I didn't feel like I was worthy because I wasn't because I didn't think that I was helping others. And then I had a friend who brought up to me, it was like, look, but this is what you do. You know, multiple of your friends call, you know, we call you the counselor because that's who we come to. We come to for advice because you're the counselor, you're unlicensed, uh, you know. Yeah, but see, um, one of the things was, but it's I was just always being there for other people. It's, it is such a huge thing. Yeah. But I was always the counselor in junior high and high school because, you know, I'd, uh, I'd get, uh, I'd get all those, oh, my boyfriend's such a dick type uh, conversations, you know, and, and I was friend zoned like a son of a bitch all over the place. But I would listen to people and then help them out and everything else. And uh, I was I was part of the freaks. You know why? Because they didn't judge anybody. Just don't tell anybody what we're doing. Um, but they were all in a messed up place. And so I was able to because I was an honor student and everything else. And I was with these people who the majority of them never graduated high school. I was able to help them with their their problems, which nobody else wanted to listen to. you know. But after a while, you, it, it starts to be 
too much. You know, you start going, yeah, I'm helping all those people, but where am I? I, I need the help. And, and that's where I got to when I was here because I tried helping a bunch of people and they didn't listen. I don't know if they, if I did or, or not, but that's neither here nor there. Like Wendy said, we should do it naturally, but I did it biblically. Whenever I help people, I'm not helping that individual. I don't expect anything in return from the individual. I'm doing it for God. Okay, I'm treating people well. I'm treating people with love because that's the way my father told me that that's the way we're supposed to act. That's the way that my Lord and Savior told me that this is the way we do. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. And so I don't like people pissing me off. I try not to piss others off. I, I like people to help me. And so, but expecting people to do unto you what you have done is also unreal because that's expecting others to live up to what you have pushed and and pressured yourself to live up to so being able to find that help wherever uh it may come out of the shadows from is is also part of the the healing process and trying to understand why did that help come from that particular shadow and not from other areas um that's something i'm still trying to learn so um, back to you cassie sorry i interrupted oh, again no. and whitney's gone where'd she go no, I, I love having the back and forth, you know, conversation. I that absolutely. Yeah, Wendy, Wendy it, dropped. I don't know where she went. We'll see if she comes back. <laughs> hopefully, she'll come back. Yeah, yeah but uh, like you, but said, Cassie, don't don't judge me. This is number eight, and I'm I'm I swear, I'm not uh, judging. I was going to backstage trying, I'm, the camera I'm, off. I'm not. Judging. I'm trying to. He's I'm trying to get it. it down. I'm trying You're to get it down. I know. It, I know, You're, Leo. You told me zero is the objective. Yeah, but oh. Yep. Well, just but, uh, remember, just remember the craving only lasts five minutes, brother. I was there. Um, I quit smoking and, and the craving, you have to talk yourself out. I remember my buddy, Gerald, when I was uh, 25 and he was, he was 27 or, or he was almost 30. He said, man, I sit around and he was an alcoholic and he quit drinking. He said, I quit. I was a fifth to wake up in the morning. Uh, that's how much I drank. And it was easier for me to quit alcohol than it was cigarettes. Jack, this is how we talk, right? He says, I sit around all day, Jack, trying to talk myself out of lighting a cigarette. That's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. So it's no, not the way, easy. The way I got from a pack down to half a pack is that whenever I want a cigarette, it's not easy, I'll, I'll, mark, I'll mark it down and that sort of thing. And that takes a little while. And then I'll just hold on to the cigarette. And all of a sudden I get distracted by something else. And then all of a yeah. sudden I figure out about half an hour, and 45 minutes later, oh, I didn't like that cigarette. That's great. Oh, I feel like it. And so you go through the thing. And, and so, yeah, I'll, it, it does work. But the at longer the same you time, stretch each craving before you light the next cigarette sets the cycle. And when you get up in the morning, the longer you wait before you have that first cigarette creates. Oh, that's cycle. true. I, I've got, I've got put in two in the first hour, you know, it's just like, I need to fill so up. That's, that's the cycle. Uh, and then I'm, you do that, it's like a 30 minute turn. If you've had one every 30 minutes, that's yeah. what you're, then your craving will go that way for the rest of the day. That's the yeah. way the psychology of it works with the body. So when you get up in the morning, go longer, the longest you can possibly go before you have a cigarette. Because if you beat that first five minutes of a craving, it goes away for for a, you know a while, at least an hour, and then it'll come back. So if you can stretch it out to, I woke up and didn't have a cigarette for more than an hour, the next time you'll want to have a cigarette will be that exact distance, that exact time. It should and, be. Uh, and, one of the things you know, that I that I'd mentioned last time, I hadn't mentioned the... the so I see that Rebecca, I don't know if Rebecca can hear us. I see that Rebecca is in the, in the green room. 
Rebecca, she it says your devices in, are not leave. turned on, so I can't let you in. The in, It won't allow me to acquire you to bring you in because you don't have a microphone turned on or a camera. You don't have to have your camera turned on, but you have to at least have your microphone uh, turned on uh, and, and used by this device uh, before I can actually bring you in. When I highlight you, it says this person does not have the microphone or a video turned on, so they need one or the other before you can let them into the studio. So I apologize, Wendy, go ahead. I, Wendy, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, hopefully Rebecca can hear me in the... <laughs> well, I have to go, and I thank you for letting me be here, and it's a wonderful conversation, and hopefully we, we touch a lot of hearts out there and, and reach out to Mike or Jacqueline or... I can't see you. I can't see your name, Cassell. It's okay. Cassie. I can't see. Yeah. Cassie, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I don't have my here. glasses on. Always you know, here. Just, Anyone just can work on up. oneness. Work on oneness and, and just reach out to somebody. That's the only way you're going to sit there and help somebody. I love you guys and thank you for letting me be here. We are thank one. You. We're here. Thank you. Appreciate the energy. Indeed, we are one. And that's one thing. The Earth Day group really is. I mean, we're, we're all helpers there and we're all healers yeah. in, in that group. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we lift each other up because it gets heavy. Um, whenever you're, you're dealing with, with other people's stuff, you know, you forget your own and it becomes overwhelming and, and being able to talk it out with others that are in the same uh, situation or that have been through it is so helpful. And sometimes I won't comment very much on there, but I'll read through the comments and it's uplifting. You know, whenever you got uh, Denise and Virginia going there and they're telling everybody, uh, have a good day, good morning and that sort of shit. It's just, you know, it's, um, it's nice to know that there are people that care. Yeah. And sometimes those little things, we talked about that earlier, sometimes something very small gives people an uplift that you have no idea. I've said something to one of my sisters just off the cuff and she was like, wow, that I really needed that today. You know, there's a guy and I'm not going to say his name, but he's a, a, a well-known star uh, that I'm friends with. And um, he, it was weird because I hadn't talked to him for a while and we didn't really correspond, but I had his email. Uh, he's got a TV show, a couple different TV shows. And um, this was a few years ago, probably five years ago. And uh, over in Egypt, outside of Cairo, um, about, I think, seven clicks outside of Cairo. I may be off, but uh, that's what. Yeah, I'm I sorry. What is a click? Is that a kilometer? Yeah, it's a kilometer. Sorry. Okay. That's U.S. military. It's, it's, it's military speak, but I, I see it in movies <laughs> and I never know what it is. Yeah, yeah but that, thank you for yeah. asking that, Mike, because I was like, I've never known that either. Now well, I know. It's a click, it's a You're kilometer. Good. I apologize. I should have just said the word. Yeah, so seven kilometers outside of Cairo, the uh, Egyptians found uh, a, a site that they started excavating, and it turned out that it's a Christian church, and it quite possibly is the oldest Christian church found intact in any way on this planet. So the people there reached out to me because at the time I was promoting and helping the economy of Egypt by working with the different tour guides and promoting the tour guides in the tour industry in Egypt. This was pre-COVID to try and help them because of the, they had, just had added a tour site. And, right. Okay. So what they had found it and the people who were sending me photos of this, I still have them that no one has seen. The only reason why I don't put them on there is because I was told by the Egyptian government that if I did, they would sue me because that is, in fact, their property. And all photos, in fact, are theirs now that they've confiscated the site. So while I was helping them, I was we were trying to get the word out to the world about this site. And I went to this guy and said, hey, I have this 
group of people who were excavating over in, in Egypt and they found this church and we're trying to get it on television. And I don't know if you're still doing that kind of thing, but it would be uh, really cool if, uh, you know, if you were. And he started talking to me and we started talking about it. And he said, no, I can't do that because I'm worried about the Egyptian government. Well, the Egyptian government found out about it and, of course, went there and locked everybody down and said, it's ours, even though it's Christian, it's on our land. So you can't just go and put, and put this out there. So I couldn't put the information out there and I didn't talk about it very much. And I still don't. However, afterwards, he says to me, I wanted you to he emails me. And he says, I wanted you to know something. And I said, what's that? And he said. He said to me, I was very down and depressed. And when you emailed me and you gave me something to think about and chew on, and I was working on that, he says, you actually made a difference in my life. You don't understand how much I needed something like that. And I didn't know how much I needed that at that moment. He said, so thank you for doing that because now I'm going to end up going back to what I was doing and continue my show, which he did. He went on to had a few more seasons uh, in, until the, until they, he canceled it himself and started a different show that he's doing now. But I had no idea. I was just like, hey, I know this is kind of better, more you, because you could run a documentary. Would you be interested? And he was like, what's this? What's this? And, and because of that, it gave him back that verve. Uh, and and wanting to chew on something, and he went on to do other things. And he said that I was the one who gave him that. I had no idea. The universe just said contact him, and I did. You were just reaching out. Yeah, small little teeny things. It but is. we don't always get to hear from people that we made a difference. And I think that's one of the reasons why when people are getting off of drugs or they're getting off alcohol and they go through the programs, in the programs they tell people you need to go back and thank the people who uh who got you uh, involved in these programs and they go back and find them and say i want to thank you because you made a difference in my life because we never get that as much as we probably should but like wendy said she's gone now but like wendy said we're we not here for that humble. we need to be humble and just assume that what we're doing is helping someone and like raw said in the in the law of one and many other people and i've said this on my shows and other people do when you're doing this, the only thing that you can hope for is that you help one person. And if you help one person, you've done your job. So anything after that is a bonus. So if one person says you made a difference in my life, you're doing good and you know that you're doing good. And from that, we're supposed to like the conversation that I had when I got into it with with uh, with uh, uh, a frere when she said, shut up and do your job. Right. And, and you know what I mean? And, we, uh, and all and I talked about that, how it we're, we, she said, I'm glad you brought that up. And I don't know if she wants to share that, but she had a, a similar experience. And she's like, you know, it's not all roses and, and cherubs on the other side. They're, they're a lot more demanding, right? Yes. Well, and I also uh, I think this might be a good time for me to share a little bit of a, a touchy subject, but it kind of uh, plays off of what Wendy was talking about. And it was it was talking about finding the purpose in things that you normally wouldn't. So I'm going to briefly just go through this. Uh, when I was in the womb with my mother after doing spiritual work, I found this out. Um, I had decided that it wasn't worth it to live um, because of what she had implanted into the womb at the time that I was uh, gestating. And so I literally started this life believing that life wasn't worth living. Um, and then was basically confirmed that by multiple traumatic experiences 
um, ongoing through the through a, many years, different things happening, losing a parent, um, sexual abuse. When I met this ex-partner that has now the, since then passed on, he was deep, deeply suicidal and depressed. And he was throughout our entire relationship and also ended up being abusive. And that's a whole nother aspect of this. This is, is just actually very complex. Um, but well, what I realized... Will abuse. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing is because you don't realize that you in a lot of ways you're either projecting because you don't realize it or you're projecting because you're like, what? Why not? I'm so angry because I can't actually find this solution. And so what what does it matter? You know, so the love gets cut off. The heart chakra gets cut off completely. And then the crown chakra gets cut off because the heart chakra is not functioning and you have to have all of them to work together. It's a whole thing. He brought me into the trenches um, and I had already attempted suicide multiple times, gone back and forth with mental illness because of all of my trauma. But I'll tell you one thing. When I met this human being and I saw the sorrow and I experienced how he viewed the world. And I'm telling you, he had studied psychology. He had studied so many different facets to try and figure out a solution for why he just felt like it's not worth it. Right. In being in this experience with him in a close, intimate relationship, even through the abuse and everything else, I realized one thing. Even he actually at one point had tried to convince me to go with him. Um, and I realized through all of this that there's one thing that I believe more than anything, and that was that I did want to live and that I did deserve to live. And so although it's really touchy, painful, right, a lot of us don't quite understand the aspect of why people end up, you know, taking their own life. And some people believe that it should be saved. And some people believe that it's not good at all. And I do believe it's very complicated and beyond our human understanding. What I will tell you is that he ultimately saved my life. He ultimately saved my life. And so he had no idea that his purpose a part of his purpose was to actually show me that I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. And now that he's passed on, we communicate frequently. Um, and I'm very grateful, very grateful. And I know that his pain has since then passed on. And I know that's a part of the complexity of just living in this life. And I ultimately believe that it's not just this life. There's been many lives. And um, sometimes that's just how it plays out. So it's hard. And, and I do believe that we should support people who who go through these waves. And I myself gone through these waves as well. But you never know what someone's impact is going to have on your life. Yeah. You never know how right. what impact you are going to have on somebody else's life. And that's where I say, and that's why it's very important in the work that I do. It's very important in who I am with any of my friendships, relationships, family dynamics to express yourself no matter what, to stand up for what you have to say, because your voice matters, your life matters. And if we can all accept each other's voice and each other's life, then we know that we matter. So it's vitally important. But I just wanted to share that because it's, it's such a powerful thing that I had to learn through all of the pain brought on by this experience. So it's sometimes, again, people 
it, it's hard in the pain and the suffering to understand how to be grateful for this pain. But yes. pain is, is somewhat necessary for the breaking open, the ultimate breaking open of the actual heart and not the, the cracks in the, the shield that is put on layers and layers and layers after showing us that we shouldn't be able to have our heart open. Yeah. So, uh, Hanal, I, That's exactly I, I, can, I cannot agree with you more on, um, you know, like I was saying, I was already depressed and having anxiety before my brother passed. And as hard as, as hard as that pain has been and is. That was last month, wasn't it? Uh, you, you and your husband spent a couple of weeks uh, spreading the ashes, correct? Um, froze. I froze. Everybody froze. Yeah, I'm okay. No, I, I'm I I'm moving. I can, I can see. see I can see Hanal moving now. Jacqueline's <laughs> okay. Cassie, Cassie froze. <laughs> Cassie froze at mid sentence. She was she was getting a good topic out too, and and it's just yep. like. Um, so so yeah, Wendy says uh, I just did that three weeks ago with my father's ashes, right? Yeah. Um, see, we I always assumed that you would throw the ashes in, in one place. Oh, I want to be in the ocean or something like that. But there were like uh, a myriad of places that Cassie ended up going to. Yeah. She dropped off uh, in order to spread her because her brother. Evidently, her, her, her latency dropped. She probably lost her Wi-Fi. She'll be back in a second, I'm sure. So hey, most likely. Continue, but, what, but what happens is that she went to various different places, uh, which means that her brother's uh, final wishes were most likely in all those different places. It was probably his bucket list, something that he wanted to do. And and so if he doesn't, yeah, hopefully do, she comes it, back. So maybe she'll explain because I remember her would. saying that she just said that exactly. earlier that they went to multiple exactly. places to put his ashes in multiple places. You know, my father, he he said just spread my ashes to the wind. We ended up. Uh, give, taking the, the uh, Neptune Society and going out to the ocean and scattering them in the ocean, uh, which he was okay with. He was just like, scatter it to the wind, just put me back to the earth. You know, he wanted to be a, you know, Viking funeral, except for they don't let you do that. My buddy Russell actually did that. Uh, he got in trouble for it, but he actually had a Viking funeral for his father where he literally put his, his, he put his ashes though, because he already had him burned because they wouldn't let him put his body on it. But he actually built a little Viking boat and put the ashes in the urn and floated it out and started it on fire. And somebody called and said, there's somebody burning something in a fire in the water. And it was on the ocean and he was given his father a Viking funeral because he's a Viking. He's like six foot 11. He's huge, this big Viking. And, uh, you know, with like 78 tattoos or 80 tattoos, right? And he's full on Viking buddy of mine. We've known each other forever. And he did that. And the cops rolled up on him and he's standing there and he's dressed in traditional As Viking, a Viking. Dress. Yeah. And he's standing there and he's watching this and the police roll up and they're like, what are you doing? And he says, I'm giving my father a Viking funeral. The cops stopped and said, are you serious? And he said, yes. And they stopped and they stood there and they go, well, what do we do? He said, just shut up. <laughs> be with me. That's what he said. Be with me and witness this. And then, of course, he went into the, to the you know, the, I don't have it loaded. Right? I put it up on the screen. Uh, but the, 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 well, they, in the 13th Warrior, uh, they actually say the Viking prayer 
of, uh, you know, low there do I see my mother and my father, low there do I see my brother and my sister, low there do I see my, the line of my people back to the beginning. Uh, they, you know, low do they call to me, they bid me take my place among them, they bid me to take my place in Valhalla, where the brave may live forever. That's an actual prayer that they put yeah. into the book and then into the movie. Uh, and he did that prayer. And there's another one I won't go into, but there's another one to Odin that you do after that uh, to Odin. And it goes synonymous with that. If I had them loaded. I have them both saved. I should have loaded them. I could have popped them up on the screen. Um, being, you know, being a Viking, I could have popped them up on the screen and showed them. But he did that. And the cops stood there with him and didn't end up giving him a ticket and said that was the most beautiful thing they had ever seen. Uh, next time, get a permit. <laughs> he said, there is no next time. That was my dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and there is no permit for religious action. <laughs> no Cassie, welcome back. Uh, we were right. talking about your brother's ashes. And so explain to us why you went to so many different places. Because uh, I'm assuming it was personal, on your... If it's not too personal and you're willing to share that, please... True. Uh, I, yeah, I'm assuming yeah. it was your brother's bucket list because y'all went to lots of great places uh, in order to do that. So please expand more on that because you got froze as, you know... Yeah. Right there, so. Well, and what I was going to say is that um, <laughs> I just really related to what Hanal was saying about that, I like I said, I was already depressed before my brother passed. And... I know that he has given me my life back. He has made me fight for it. And just like Hanal said, that going through that pain, um, sitting with it and, and, and grieving and, and being able to feel that and letting it be opened me up. <laughs> um, and I just know that, it, you know, going through those hard things is, it's not fun. We all know it's not fun. Um, nobody wants to go through that, but we we all have challenges in our life that I, I believe, I'm of the belief that are meant to be in our life um, that Drew, my brother did, you know, serve his purpose here. And, and he has telling me since he's passed that that was one of the things was to help to give me my life back. And to remind me of what's beautiful and wonderful and, and to not just sit on the sidelines anymore, to be the change, to make a change, to to live, to truly live and um, not just going through the grind. And um, and so what I did for my brother's ashes, it just it, it kind of came to me. We, we've always been, both of us, nature babies. My parents had us camping at very young age. Hi, Jocelyn. Um, camping at very young age in the mountains in Glacier Park in the Rocky Mountains in Montana. Uh, we lived in the plains of Montana, um, North Central, uh, which is Haver and Shelby area um, in, in Montana. A lot of farmlands, a lot of ranches. But that is where you get the big, beautiful skies in Montana that you feel like you can just reach down, you know, reach up and pull down a star because they are so vivid. And I love coming back to Montana because, you know, there's a saying that you can take the Montana, you can take the girl out of Montana, but you can't take the Montana out of the girl. And so I just live one state away in Idaho. But um, these lakes were all lakes that my brother and I grew up in fishing, 
swimming, uh, boating, camping by, we learned to skip rocks in, um, all the way down from a tiny reservoir in our small town of 3000 people um, that, you know, was homemade all the way up to, you know, the glacier runoffs of Flathead Lake um, and uh, and Lake McDonald and Lake Hungry Horse in, the, in Glacier Park in the Rockies. <laughs> And so uh, my husband and I, like I said, I have an amazing husband that I know that God just went plunk here at, a, at 20 years old. He just plunked him down and said, here is this amazing, awesome man that's going to help you get through everything. And and so, you know, this was a part of his grieving process as well, My because my husband and my brother were very close. A lot of us, a lot of the time it was three amigos, the three of us. And, um, and my brother lived with us a lot. He, he moved right out of high school into sister's house and, um, and, and lived with us again many times throughout the years. But so starting in Haver, there was a couple of lakes um, that we used to fish in. And, and like in high school, we would go out, you know, those were where the parties were, you know, to go out there and where you'd meet out to go to the, the keggers or whatever. And, um, so we started there and my mom lives there and I invited one of his close friends from high school that wasn't able to make his funeral to be able to come along. And I have to tell you about a funny experience. She has a seven-year-old daughter and she's a nurse. And so she explained to her daughter about what we were doing, about going and spreading my brother's ashes. And this was her, one of her best friends. And uh, when she got home, you know, because there's a lot of wind in Montana, and um, when we did spread his ashes in these two lakes, uh, she was wearing a kind of leggings, um, workout pants. And when she got home, her husband said she had uh, dust marks on on her um, on her pants. And her husband went, "Whoa, babe, you got a little of your friend on you there." And the seven year old said, "Oh, Dad, don't freak out. It's just bone fragments. Just bone <laughs> fragments." Oh, <man. laughs> Oh, and uh, uh yeah so just it honesty me, of children right right uh it just made me smile laugh and and you know for her to know that um this was just his physical body but that he was around you know that he's still here and his energy is is still around and and is with us and helps us out and then we moved to well he left his mark on her because regardless it could have been blown in the wind but you know he, he wanted to go and where to go he went on the yoga pants because where would a guy want to be anyway just on the yoga right pants. right i exactly <laughs> such a good point mike such a good point right and uh so we traveled to the town that both of us were born and uh that's where my dad lives and so with my dad and stepmom, we went out to another two lakes, um, spread his ashes. My dad spread some of uh, Drew's ashes that he has. And um, and then we drove to Glacier Park and, um, and and we spent time. We And I think the hardest one emotionally, it seemed like the longer the trip went on, the harder it kind of got emotionally. Um, and was Lake McDonald, which is... I think by far probably the most gorgeous of them all. And I hadn't been there since um, the two of us were kids when my parents were still married. And um, and it was exactly the same. It was Beautiful exactly memory. the same. Nothing had changed about the campground. I was even able to go. We went through the loops of the campground called Apgar Park 
And on, I could pick out, out of three loops, I was able to pick out the one road that my brother and I were racing on on our bikes. And he was so excited, the little brother, so excited that he was beating sister that he had to turn around and be like, ha ha. As he was steering off to the right, he hit a boulder and flipped over and broke his collarbone. <laughs> that same boulder was still there. Was still there. I, I sh and my husband has never been to Glacier Park. Or other kids to hit it. Right, right. <laughs> so my husband and I, my husband had never been to Glacier Park. And, um, or my hus husband has never, we've never gone together to Lake McDonald. And I was able to walk from my memory from a kid, able to walk through this grass path that opens up onto beautiful Lake McDonald with the Rocky Mountains surrounding it. And no boats are allowed on this lake. And so it's completely calm. And that's the, it's the lake that we grew up um, learning how to skip rocks. That was the first lake I, I remember that we learned how to skip rocks at. And um, for my husband to be able to see that beauty and um, for me to have those, you know, it wasn't about just being like, I'm sad because my brother's gone. It was, it was remembering all of these beautiful, wonderful, fantastic memories that even at his funeral, when I spoke, I said, my brother, because we lived and because we were so, so close and we always lived close to one another, there was probably four years out of his 40 lives, out of his 40 years that we didn't live in the same town. And um, I just, Drew is about nature. I've always been about nature and I wanted to be able to spread him around. He didn't, he told me, I don't want to sit on the shelf and get dusty. I want to be out there. I want to be a part of, of nature. And he gave me the 10th one. We came back to our hometown or to where we live now, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I gathered some of his friends and we'd had a nice ceremony on Memorial Day. It worked out perfect. We came home the Sunday before. And, um, and that was wonderful. But right before we left, my brother had said to me, he said, you're forgetting a place. I love the idea. I, I absolutely love it. It's perfect, but you're forgetting a place. And the one place is this campground that's near us here that we, and it's actually called Wayne's Creek, which it's all by itself in the mountains. There's no other camp spots. It's just one spot. My husband's name is Wayne. Um, we, he said to me, he said, you need to go up to Wayne's Creek. And that road was the last road that my brother took going up there. Wow. And so I had told yeah. my husband months before that, I said, I don't know when I'm going to be able to go on that road again and actually go camping because he went on that road and he ended up telling me I was going to do it at Wayne's Creek, but I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to ruin all the wonderful memories we had. And so he drove down the road, the dirt road, a couple more miles to a different campsite that he had never been before. And that's where, where he ended his life. So, so it um, came back full circle. It went to all the yeah. places that he visited and then he ended up in the last place where he actually did visit. Yep. And so cool. we, my husband and I, before we left for the trip, we went up there and there was snowpack. So we had to drive back down and did another road. 
uh, the road that the camp spot was on, they hadn't cleaned up from the winter yet. And there were trees all falling across it, snow still on the road. I threw his, his urn in my backpack and I said, let's do this. And, uh, and my husband and I hiked up there and I get some beautiful things that I want to share is that my favorite fl forest flower is called Trillium. And it has three leaves, three petals and three stems. And three is my brother and I's number. There's three threes in our birthday. Three is, is our number. Right. I hadn't, that whole trip, I had been looking for that trillium to see if it had grown. I did not see it until literally right at the entrance of the campground. There was a just blossoming of a bunch of trillium. Are those and, like those uh, clover leaves? Like I said, they have three leaves three petals and three stems and they only grow up in these high elevations oh wow and and i had discovered them years ago and i was like i want to try to plant trillium. them yeah the, the name trillium means means three right yeah yep yeah. yep and we got up there and you know of course no one's been up there uh, all winter long and we sat by the creek and right at that same time a crow flew over me or over us and I looked down and our shape, uh, my brother's a huge Pink Floyd fan, huge. And that's what he sends songs with Pink Floyd. And um, I looked down and right where I was spreading his ashes was a triangle rock. And- um, Like the pyramid from, uh, from uh, Dark Side of the Moon on the cover. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. three and right? just, and everything. And so, um, it, it, so that's, was, a, that's a spirit world coming into the real world because all those yeah. things that you needed, that you wanted, ended up showing up right when you needed them. Exactly. Yep. Agreed. Exactly. I didn't think I could take that road again, and, and we did. But I, I did it because of the love that I have for my brother, the love that I have for my husband, the love that I have for myself that, um, you know, he's with me always. And like I said, it, it's been a little bit of a rough week, you know, one, one week will be um, his anniversary. It's one year anniversary, but um, I had a reading done uh, by a friend and they said, uh, well, I keep, he keeps showing me a, a cupcake with like, it, and a birthday hat. And he goes, I think he's wanting you to celebrate it. And um, I said, well, you know what? And she goes, I can see him smashing a cupcake in your face. <laughs> uh, yeah that's totally my shithead brother that totally is him <laughs> right and so what we're going to do one of the things is that i'm making cupcakes and i invited the one year anniversary of his passing yep i'm making cupcakes and we're going to smash them we're going to do a circle and well, smash see, them in um, each other's faces and <laughs> celebrate Drew being able to not be in pain anymore. Right. Drew being home. Yeah. That he's in this beautiful place. Let's celebrate that he's not, he's not trying to drink away his depression, that he's not feeling alone, that he's not hurting because of a toxic relationship. Um, of telling him that he's no good and that he's a piece and you know um he he's good it's us that has to and so i i really you know try to take care of my parents and i've spiritually i've i've opened up their eyes a lot to a lot of because we were raised catholic 
but my parents trust me. They know how honest I am. And so I, I tell them a lot of these things. And a lot of times they're just like, wow, are you kidding me? And, and Drew said that he knew I got a new couch. And I was like, I didn't know you got a new couch. How did you, how, how would I know right? that? <laughs> right? I, I didn't know but Drew that. know. Drew yeah. knew. Drew knew. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's surprising how uh, stuff like that comes through when you're working with somebody. I was working with a woman uh, and I, I was looking into her husband who had passed on. And um, all of a sudden, uh, I got this image of a yellow rose and it was on my chest. And when I looked down, he took the rose and he poked it right in my nose. And I was like, what, what is that? So I explained to her, I said, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I just got this image of a yellow rose on my chest. And when I looked down, he took the yellow rose and went bump in my nose with it. And she started laughing. And it's I said, a magician's what? joke. And, and well, yes, but she said when, when he had an open casket, so at his funeral, she took a yellow rose and placed it on his chest. But he, she said, had that sense of humor that he was notorious for in their life for grabbing things and going, here, smell this and going Bark, and putting it in that's, her nose. That's exactly what I knew you were going to say, that, <laughs> right. that he would stuff him like, oh, here, smell. You it's, know, right. And so she, yeah. he was showing me the yellow rose that she put on his chest and he was going with the yellow rose in my nose for me to tell her that so that she would realize that he was really coming through. It was it was that Absolutely. it was that, you know, that part of the of the medium work that we hope happens uh, so that they well, validates for them, because there was no way I could know that. I right? was like, why is the yellow rose and then half in my nose and, and, and he's laughing? And she got she was like, that's so him. He did that with everything. He'd go, look, what's that? And I fell for it every time. She told me. No, and, and that's one thing that you know, got me is was why celebrate um, the anniversary of his death, because I would assume the celebrating the anniversary of, of his birth and, and that sort of thing. But exactly. you mentioned but you mentioned it very well. He's free of the pain that he had in this life. So it's not necessarily celebrating his birth, which is the beginning of all the pain that he had, well, you but remember, celebrating the Irish, release. And in our right. heritage, we don't, we don't celebrate their death. We celebrate their yeah. life yeah. at yep. their death. That's why we have yeah. a wake. The wake is for the celebration of what they, what they had, what the, how they were, and now where they are in a better place than they were on earth. So there, and people really, they tend to go, what the Irish are so weird. Cause you guys get drunk and laugh and joke. That's because we're sending them off to a better place. Yeah. And we're, Plus and the fact we usually, that back in the old days, we would prop up their dead body and put a, a, a shot of whiskey in their hand and a cigar in their mouth. And, and we would be toasting them because yes. it was, it was a, a celebration of their life, not their death. Yes. So we went beyond that. And so, everybody and, mourns, but the, the only people that are mourning are the, the ones left behind behind because yeah. they're the ones with the lack they're, they're they're the ones that feel the the missing piece in their yeah. life um because they're full when they're there it's it's in the fullness of the one yeah. of the creator himself if you're afraid to die and you're afraid of death then then when someone dies you know then it's worse and i'm not saying that it's not and somebody who's awake goes oh yeah somebody died it's always horrible when you lose someone it's not fun it sucks they're not around my father died in 1982 and i'm still uh, worked up about it and i could talk to my couple of my sisters out of the four and they'll start crying you know that's just the way that's how much you love that person in life and it's okay to be that way Right. You know, that that's part of the, the morning. And some people say, well, shouldn't you get over that? No, I'm never going to get over the fact that anyone in my life is no longer in my life. 
because they've been taken from this earth for whatever reason. That's not something that I'm planning to get over. Hopefully one day I'll see them again and it'll be okay. But the fact that they're gone, I'm still going to remember who they were and, and kind of hold on to that. And some people say, well, you have to let them go or they can't cross over. That's not true. They've right. already crossed over. Now, for example, my, my great-grandmother, she died at 92. Natural causes, just old age and that sort of thing. She had a, a full life. Um, and, and that was 30 year, thirty plus years ago. But I still remember the things that she told me, you know, nothing in excess, everything in moderation, you know, and, and all those little details of, of the impact that her life had on mine. Uh, and so, yeah, whenever they say, oh, they're, they're gone, let them go. No, I'm not going to let them go because they are a part of who I am and they always yeah. will be. And, and that's yeah. the thing that we celebrate. We celebrate and, and the, and the positive impact they had in our life. Them as who they were does not hold them here and trap them. That just, that just doesn't happen. Do they still have contact with you? Yeah, they're going to have that anyways, guys. You need to know that. If you say, oh, okay, I'm going to let them go because uh, they have to cross over and it's my responsibility because I'm being selfish and holding on to them. Not true. They're going to contact you and be around you anyway because they have a contract that you guys signed over there and they're, they will stay with you. And if they signed a contract to become one of your guides, now they're going to guide you and help guide you. That, you yeah. know, and, and so you have to realize that it's okay to still feel the pain and wish that they were still around. It is okay to do that. So you yeah. don't have to force yourself. My son, uh, he was dating this woman who, uh, who had no one had heard from her for a while. And he went to do a wellness check and found her deceased on the floor. And he was upset about it, but he wasn't upset in a way that he th that he thought he was supposed to be upset because society and other people said he should be. And he came to me and said, is this wrong? And I said, no, there is no right and wrong when it comes to uh, anything that you do personally. So don't think that you have to feel the way someone else thinks you have to feel about this. Let, it needs to be organic to you. Let whatever is going on in you happen and experience it. And if someone else says, well, you should be crying in a total mess, that's how they would react. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to react that way. And people and I, you guys I had a, need to know that. Everybody in the world I, who's listening to us, you guys need to know that all processes of grieving, all processes of ascension are, are personal for you. to you. Exactly. You. And I really, I, I feel like I need to share a story actually, just real please. quick, and I'm actually going to have to go. But okay, it's, we're, we're I feel like it's over. I'm already yeah. getting the invite for the for uh, Skull Island, so soon we have to go anyway. So please okay. go ahead with your story, yeah. and then you, you we're going to have to wrap it after that, guys, because okay. Mike and I need to go and jump to another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and really quick, Canal, before you say that, I just want to say that that was one of the things with Drew that he came and told me that he was in training to be in being my spirit guide that that was one of our agreements well yeah. that's cool and, who yeah. better to guide yes, exactly and that's exactly what i wanted to share with you because i think it's so powerful and that's why i was crying while you were sharing your story cassie and that is because um my ex-partner's last name is mcdonald um and also we went we lived in a camper off grid for three years um, it was one of those things where he wanted to try and escape his depression with trying to connect with nature yeah. Long story short, there are only two places that we didn't see in the United States. One was the Grand Canyon and one was Glacier National Park. I went and saw the Grand Canyon by myself last year after I found out that he'd gone. 
Um, and I've followed the crow's path. So the crows are very powerful in that and loss and death. Um, but Glacier National Park is now the only one um, that I haven't seen. And so I think it's really incredible that you shared the story and that the lake is McDonald. You need to come up here. I will give you a place yeah. to stay. We have a room. <laughs> I will drive you there. I will show you all the sites. I grew up in Glacier Park as a kid. So all Thank of you, all of you are all welcome. Thank all of you. The invitation is all out. Uh, I will show. I will. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, Leo, when you had said that someone else, uh, I did have a, a, a psychic medium tell me that uh, and it was three months after my brother had passed that, right. oh, that your brother again. is telling you, your brother is telling you that he, you need to stop grieving and you need to get over this. And, and that, you know, he's not able to pass on because you're not letting go. And, yeah, and he's not yeah. passed on into the light because, you know, because of you. And, and I did yeah. take that on at first. I did. Yeah. I did. I, I, because I was in such a, a vulnerable place and I was yeah. so insecure and I was so vulnerable. I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want to be the one responsible for like holding him here. Yeah. And then I started to have my discernment, yeah. being able to work through it and going, wait a minute. No. Mm -mm. Yeah, Drew, that's a misnomer and people yeah. say that and it's just untrue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if that were the case, then when someone takes your picture, the Native Americans believe that it captured your soul. That would be Two the souls. same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fact, we're all here on camera and this is going to be out there in the universe forever. Part of our soul is now captured and we're well, our energy is is so in a sense, they were right spiritually. They, they were because the AI, the AI will be able to recreate us from all the, the news feeds that we're on. Right. So if you'd never appear on camera, well, the AI no won't way, be able but to repeat. It's not your actual soul. So you're no, not stuck not. on Earth because no. of all of this stuff that we're doing. So right. there's a lot of things that, you know, I, I like to, to say our children afraid of the dark uh you know uh th that's the syndrome that's happening when people say that stuff i don't get angry with them but i try to correct them and say okay guys look that's just not some that's not a thing okay yeah. uh it does you know that's just like when and all and i were talking about how it's not all cherubs and nicey nicey on the other side and sometimes they look at us and go shut up and get back to work you signed up <laughs> what are you doing why are you wasting so much time i've given you all the signs right, one of the things that alex collier said that the that the andromedans say to him all the time is why are you people pretending you're asleep they don't get it, right? They don't get it. What are you guys doing? You know, they're pretending to be asleep. And, and you know, and, and he's just like, it's part of the experience. You guys are not getting it. That's what we're doing here, right? So, yeah, people need to realize that reality is a little bit different than, than the, you know, than the fable. And that a lot of what we are being fed, getting back to that, uh, and, and then we'll have to end. And then if you guys that are out there listening to this show... Skull you guys, Island. After Orion Rising is over, Skull Island will be going live. Mike and I will both be there. And everybody and anybody is welcome to do the same thing and come on that show and talk. We're not going to talk through that show because that show, we have that show every Wednesday at 4 p.m. So um, let me let me wrap up. Uh, Jacqueline, please, you haven't talked hardly at all. Please come on because this, is, this event is here because of you. So you end us and send us off. 
Uh, and then, like I said, if you want to come on and sit with us on Skull Island and continue, you're welcome as well. And we will share the link for those of you guys who want to come on and talk just like we're doing here. But it'll be on the other podcast. Right. So, Jacqueline, please uh, run us up to the to the break here. And then at 4 p.m., which is in 45 minutes, we will go live again only on not on Orion Rising. Thank you, brother. I know that's the first for me. Usually I'm blah, 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 blah. Yeah, this time I'm just being guided to sit back and listen because each of us have such a magnificent story that we can share with each other by opening our hearts and our minds to know whatever our experiences are, that we are doing it together. And most definitely road trip is required so we can go visit wherever it is that's needed. And during these times, be good to yourself. And if you can't be good to you, be good to others. So thanks, Leo, for hosting this for the last few days. Thank you, everyone who joined. And I Thank love you, you all infinitely. Know if you're ever going through anything, reach out anytime, anywhere, because I want the hand of light to always be there and assist me. And I am here to help anyone. So if you need help, just come on over, because we got this right. and you got we got this. you. Yeah. We're all we're all here to help. We're all of us here in this group are in service to others, not in service to self. So we are here specifically to be able to help. That's what the solstice show is about. That's what the entire topic of tonight's show was about, helping people work through different dilemmas that they have. Yesterday's show was also very much on, on the same topic. We are all here to help. So uh, anyone who's listening, anyone who needs it, reach out. Um, we're here for you because that's what we do. Right, yes. funny. Aaron, yes. Aaron put a message out. No worries, you got 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone on the MP3, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Jacqueline Taylor. <laughs> yes, and I am Cassie Mackler. Cassie Mackler, reach out. Absolutely. Always and I'll give them here. where they can find you. We did this on Friday, yes. but give it to them again. Where can they yes. find you? Okay, so you can find me on YouTube, Winds of Change, Wisdom, and Oracle, or linktree.com slash Hanal Anyatska. That's H-A-J-N-A-L-A-N-Y-A-C-S-K-A. Mike? Uh, I'm easy. The title's right on, on the screen. Benya Perspective on YouTube, Benya Perspective on Rumble, Benya Perspective on BitChute. Uh, I'm more active on, on YouTube. Rumble, I haven't uploaded um, the Q News series that I had. And on BitChute, it's been down for like two years because there was never any traffic and they fucked up my videos. Um, however, uh, even YouTube, I'm, I'm a bit slow, but uh, I'm, I'm on Skull Island every week. Right. And this is Orion Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. You can find me anywhere you listen to an MP3 podcast all around the world, listen to in 60 countries. And like I say, every single time I said it yesterday, I said at the end of my show, if you happen to find this on a place that is not the platform that you like it on, go to podbean.com slash Orion Rising and you will find the RSS number there for you to copy. You can take that to whatever app that you use that uh, has a MP3 file podcasts on it and they will accept that because they don't want you leaving their pro uh, their uh, app to go to a different platform to listen to my show so then my show can go live on your platform that you like. Uh, I don't know where it is in the world. I know that it's on you know Apple Pod uh, Podcast Pod 
uh, pod addict. Uh, I don't even know all the places that it is anymore. Uh, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Rumble. I'm on BitChute. I'm on everywhere. I'm on YouTube, although I got deplatformed. So 700 of my shows for five years got deplatformed because Google, oops, was that the American Eagle I'm flying there? Because Google got mad at me because I didn't let them continue to have complete total access to all of my information. Uh, so they deplatformed me. So now my uh, YouTube channel only has like this many people on there, but that's okay. I have more, I'm more popular everywhere else. But you can find me on Facebook. Most of you, the MP4 uh, uh, file goes out to Facebook, BitChute, and Rumble, and YouTube, uh, as well as uh, a, a couple of other places that I always forget because people share it. All right, guys, I'm going to play us out with uh, with my music and video, uh, and then we're going to take a break, and Skull Island will be live at 4 p.m., and we will continue in 40 minutes. In 40 minutes, discussing all this stuff. All right, so thank you guys. I love thank everybody. You much. Anyone who's still here, I love you guys. Share this out, share this out, share this out. We'll see you in 40 minutes, and then we'll, oh, Ryan Rising, we'll see you again on Friday at 4 p.m.